hello and welcome. I told you that Naomi Nagata was the baddest boss in space. Let me play you her theme music. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Expanse. This is the seventh episode of the fifth season called Oyadang, means goodbye in Belter. Very fitting for this particular episode because we got some pretty gut-wrenching farewells. This episode was written by Dan Nowak and directed by Meryl Soul Adler, who did an amazing job. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. She is also going to be directing the next episode, which I also hear is one of the biggest and most praised about episodes of the season. And then I heard someone else said the one after it ain't skipping too many beats on the awesome track. This whole season has been pretty spectacular. Of course, I knew it would be because it is based on, yes, I'm about to say it, my favorite book, Nemesis Games, because if you hear it enough from me, you will just do it. It's kind of like the way in which I got Shy and Mimi to watch Westworld. It only took four years of absolute nagging, but guess what happened? They joined in. So the more people I can get to read The Expanse or listen to the books because Jefferson Mays does an amazing job, man, Audible ain't even paying me, but you can get a fucking book for free. So y'all need to at least pick up this Nemesis Games and then you're going to be hooked and you're going to be like, oh, this is a whole different way that Naomi was badass. And I love the fact that they brought this episode in, which is the episode I have been waiting for all season long that context that we needed from this character that insight into the past the way they did it in the book was way more diversified and if you're new here and for the first time i will not be spoiling any of the books i will have a spoiler section after the outro However, I will not reference anything, too many things from the books. I might do a minor spoiler thing if it just happened and it really doesn't have anything to do with anything. I might do that, but other other than that, I'm, I'm not going to be spoiling anything from the books. I'm going to mostly rely on the context that the show has given me. And this was the one that I was struggling with because... I, I think other people and we kind of also because me and book readers were talking about this there's an expectation of certain things and there was so much richness in Naomi's storyline this is part of the book series where I felt and a lot of other people felt as well where Naomi really stepped into her own as a character and began her actual emotional growth as the person you see develop much later on in the books and she becomes just one of my favorite characters top tier with Bobby those two love them to death and this is her starting point it begins with this three book journey of what what her past has influenced and it is kind of a little bit on a different scale thinking 
and it was kind of referenced a little bit earlier in the season when Babbage is like how does it feel to have your name in the history books we don't really think about our crew like that at least I don't but that is exactly what we're watching we're watching real history unfold these people their lives what led up to the events where they're at there is James Holden who is a different beast altogether and then you have Amos who has a lot of different factors that brought him to his position and then you have Alex who is a part of Mars with Bobby that's dealing with growing up in a different culture and then you have the Belter situation and then you have Naomi and then you have the Marco Naomi Philip that is at the epicenter of what she was already is a pretty um life altering event and then she becomes the epicenter of the second most life altering event in the history of the planet even more so because it's with the absolute leveling of the board and the almost obliteration of earth and i know there are still many that are waiting for those huge impacts those huge um reveals to come with christian i know so many people (laughs) be on reddit and in chats like oh my god hurry up and tell us what has been like you almost feel as if it's minor but i think that for as i stated last episode for storytelling purposes it's better to leave the audience with the grand devastation of what marco is as a villain so you can set it up for the next season of this is going to be a bit of an uphill battle it's not going to be easy and i think that we need to reconcile that and i think getting those little snippets in this episode about how they're pulling back the fleet because it is a little bit and i'll talk about that in the book book section about i wonder how other book readers are feeling about some of the changes that they did indeed make but i do think it is going to be effective when we do get there and i'm expecting we probably won't get there until episode 9 or 10 hopefully not 10 because i would like some time to and i think the way they're setting it up maybe that is what we'll get is a time for those emotional beats to hit and you don't if you don't give them enough room to be effective and i think the way in which they've been sparsing out the pace some people don't like it this season i really enjoy and i think the majority of the fandom does as well so enough me going on and on because i'm sure i'm trying not to make this three hours i'm really trying (laughs) (laughs) but i was writing notes for this show and i got on to like the 10th page and i'm like holy shit i haven't even gotten 10 minutes into the episode (laughs) i just write a whole bunch of scribbling notes so this is going to be an interesting hopefully i don't miss anything but i will try to make sure i catch it all now i don't know about you guys and it happened twice to me so i know i wasn't it's definitely something going on with amazon or i just missed something did i miss something but the the tv rating for this episode it said like tv ma or tv 14 but it mentioned foul language drug abuse sexuality violence and nudity so i was thinking these flashback was about to happen and it was about to be some deep ass shit (laughs) 
seen this in the beginning as it opened and you see the rather beautiful love that was there before the festering hatred that is clear by the end of this episode the line has certainly blurred between these two people both Keon and Dom both talk about how there's a thin line between love and hate it definitely erupts between these two characters seeing baby Philip with Marco and Naomi playing with him marveling at their new life that they've created reveling in their love their young teenage you know how that type of love is there's nothing like your first love and it seems like jim is her second love and that's not a lot of loves in between to have a balance in scale naomi you should have slept with a lot more dudes in between i'm just saying i'm just saying you should at least let amos hit it back in the day when y'all was lonely i understand he was not in that mindset but (laughs) what i'm trying to say is she don't have a lot of experience with men and she has a certain type of man it would seem and yet what separates them are their intentions and you see that she finds that magneticism that compelling way in which they want to control and um to to fight for a cause that's bigger than them they just have a light and a dark way of going about things and one wants personal gratification while the other is quite frankly doing it for the proper selfless reasons in which one should do if they're going to inflate their ego to such a proportion that they should be responsible for the entirety of certain events that occur in life yeah i'm talking about james holden stop acting like y'all someone acted really um stank face when they were like yeah they're the same they were like what do you mean they're not the same they're not no they're not the same person clearly i mean can you imagine jim but naomi does find herself attracted to men that have a a leadership quality about them who's able to get people around them to follow them which james does he's bratna he's jim holden he's you know he just has that type of charm whether he knows it or he really doesn't know it he doesn't utilize all those things that marco has because he is pudding (laughs) i love my jim holden pudding but marco is the the fierceness the the spice that jim isn't and which is why he goes into a darker side she thought she was finding that with that man but that's not what she found he had too much hate in his heart whereas jim did grow up with nine loving parents and red don quixote i mean (laughs) he was groomed a lot better to do the things that or to use the skills that he particularly has for the righteous things on life whereas marco was born an an orphan to an oppressive society which we will talk much more about in a little bit but i did want to touch on how these are two similar men but i like the idea too that these are two belters who really did value significantly at some point in their life doing things that were bigger than bigger than themselves right for the belt 
for the greater good of their people that was at their basis of their interactions um and it kind of goes to that that bar scene on palace where you have her not wanting to pay for the drink because she knows it's hard times around palace station she wants to help her people despite being a celebrity whereas marco would have taken that damn drink and said yeah Beltalota and and put it on like they are in a lot of ways do want the same things it's like the dream though ain't quite as um explosive as <laughs> Naomi would want and damn if I didn't think this would be a healthy ship if they were teenagers and because the, the chemistry and the, the symmetry is real I mean they look like attractive magnetospheres on screen I mean they're a movement by themselves but they're a force when they're together I'm sure that's what Marco was thinking, except he was thinking it in a possessive, uh, objectified type of way. Like, this girl got the engineering skills. She's like, badass mom of the bell. She didn't drop my head. And she's meant to be the Stepford wife. While I, myself, I, he wrote, she wrote the Augustine Gamora Code, yet it's their victory. Bitch, what did you do? except insert the code i did the hard part and that's why i think this is indication of what we see later on of what is at the basis of marco's issue what is at the basis of his entire crusade really and we will put a pin in that and come back to it in just a moment (laughs) i'm trying not to jump ahead i'm trying to stay on course and on topic it's really hard also in some dark place was totally on board for some angry sex if not kissing we almost got it but we'll put a pin in that as well and i know i should be ashamed of myself i'm not ashamed it is a good thing y'all know i watch scandal i have brought this every time people bring up toxic relationships i'm like bitch i watched one and rooted for that shit for seven seasons sometimes it is what it is I didn't say I shouldn't. I know things are wrong. It's like when you go out and you take 10 shots. You know you're going to be fucked up tomorrow. You know you might call in the work. You might have consequences that lead to bigger consequences down the line. But what do you do? You like, this feels good, so I want to indulge. That's all to say this is fictional TV. Don't judge me also dom and hyan y'all could do a movie or another show together uh and i would watch it all day long also like and they chose because ty said that they do not like showing flashbacks on this show so stab me in the heart but i understand (laughs) they like things to play out and if you need to read that detail then you can go to the fucking books i get it enough said but that did a little bit hurt me because I was like oh well I guess this is the most I'll get of a flashback but I like this it showed where Naomi's head was at that she also still retains those memories 
of happiness that once was and even though the circumstances ended terribly it came from a good place it also brought her the love of her life which is her son so it's a very beautiful transition to that baby boy and that happier time and that happier relationship to the juxtaposition of where it is right now where he's no longer a boy and the the parents are no longer that enraptured in each other's bubble of bliss and young love and then we go to that beautiful baby boy who's now a teenage young man who has a chicken chest i was catching a cold just looking at him i'm like i know he is a belter and he is supposed to be skinny but he also needs to put a shirt on because his frostbite uh, he gonna get frostbite on his nipples but he is reading up on his mother and drummer and their shenanigans on the behemoth confirming her story and i like that because they're still strangers and although she told him what it was him deciding to go and look up the information of himself shows an independence that he will do a little bit more than just what he's told he can verify that information and confirm and it also has to give him a certain pride himself right you got his father who's this man who just came into his own right he just um became a great belter leader he's gonna uh be a visionary for the future but now he's learning oh shit i come from mama over here and she's already got herself a huge fame in the belt and she saved so many belters so he really has to be feeling as if he is born from some type of anointed bloodline and i know that sounds funny but that also leads to why so many people or so many children uh, or brilliant people become psychotic or they have very tragic deaths or early deaths and sometimes it is influenced uh, by also people that are born of two great people i mean can you imagine the pressure it must be for you to live up to those expectations which is why i think it plays into the conversation he later has where marco firmly puts him back in line and it is also exactly what happened to naomi and her saying the words of i know what you're feeling like marco is great until you decide i think i want to choose my own path i want to lead away from you i want to be out of your shadow i want to do something else and you hear naomi admit and i'm starting to think that's in the message that she left for jim is her saying and accepting her responsibility fully of i did this thing i wrote this code not to kill people but i did write this code because i thought this would be a step in a direction of taking action for my people by taking from the oppressor and giving to the robin hood mentality right that is part of naomi's personality and i think may be getting a little overlooked sometimes when it is brought up that he marco used the august gamoro code he didn't just take it from her and be like oh i'm going to just blow up some ships with this shit 
he took it and, and decided you know what i don't think we're gonna do that plan anymore we're gonna do this plan you know who that sounds like james holden you know who did that in this exact same uh episode james holden i will call them out when i see him <laughs> but uh, the comparisons is what i mean so yeah phillips got to feel the burden and you fit and you see josiah do such a great job of a man torn between two great monumental figures in his life that have that have both achieved victories if you will in the bell even though augustine gamora is still considered naomi's victory in the bell even amongst the factions because she wrote the code for it that she doesn't agree with and so he wants that same type of fame that same type of chance to show himself and yet that's never going to be where mark it's always going to be where marco joel's the line in the same way he did it with naomi the only difference is i think with naomi she had an actual hold on him in a way that he does not say, feel that same parental connection to philip philip is nothing but a pawn to him and it's very apparent when we see this interaction because he was standing by the door a minute he knows that philip lied when he says what are you doing he's like oh i was looking at the news feeds on palace station and they're talking about our victory and he knows that his father instinctively wants to be praised for his victory and he also doesn't want any type of recognition or acknowledgement in his mother's direction and he feels the need to hide that and you have marco who knows that but doesn't take the opportunity to the machiavellian marco smackdown and i think the way in which he breaks down people there are three different types of of ways in which he interacts with people on general in a general fashion and i think that's just the person i know that he is a villain but he's a fascinating villain and i know some people just can't deal with him at all but i do think that he has a psyche that is hugely intriguing and also while it doesn't excuse any of his behavior is very much one would say like many of the true monsters of history a product of the the circumstances in which propelled them to power they never should have wielded being the type of person they are because it can only inflate and exasperate those types of negative personality traits that would truly make for catastrophic uh, fallout and I think with Marco, he is, and I've stated many times before, the product of years of Earth and Mars deciding that they wanted to be the oppressors to the belt in such a fashion in which they dehumanize them. And when you dehumanize someone, they do they no longer have those same traits and those same things that make them stop before they do things like throwing asteroids at a planet to kill billions of people there is justification in their mindset because that's all they've ever been exposed to and while one can definitely move from 
their environment or learn or you know get some emotional growth in that there's also an argument for the fact that some people can deeply if you were a child or a man who lost their child because the corporation wouldn't uh, pay for air and your your child died or you go through the story that you hear from anderson dawes um many of those belters those hardened belters then taught that hatred to the younger generation and then when they got some wisdom <laughs> right then they wanted to try a different way and yet now you have that young inflated that you you instilled that into that generation especially if you weren't as um jim called it a rock hopper that's not even marco he grew up a rock hopper he grew up at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel and that speaks a lot for what i wanted to speak on earlier which is the physical but also the mental oppression of a people that can actually generationally influence um a psyche we see that with african americans we talk about that all, all a lot about generational uh trauma that is exactly what a great deal of belters go through and yes you have people like jim going well if you get out of the ghetto and you just move on to the great side of things well you you should know but no but i also can understand why people are knocking down uh storefronts and stealing shit out there yes i may not participate but i get it and i think that's where the belt is at this moment they may not agree with marco and everything he's done but 51 percent is like well it's at least something that feels better than everything that has come before it and my god he's actually got something that we've never had which is the navy that fred was just building with one fucking ship after the armistice opened 173 days if not longer ago I mean change is slow and i know fred was doing everything he could to get there but the the lure of marco and noros cannot be understated and the thing of it is he was able to capitalize on that he saw that opportunity in that moment and that's what makes those uh, monstrous villains of history they pick their perfect moment hitler to then really seize power for themselves but also do it under this umbrella of the people because that was big on him as well it was all about being a true german to hide the fact that he actually was also committing jewish genocide over here because a true german he wanted to Im impose his own idealisms and i think that's where marco himself is going to have a problem because his idealisms do not at all they don't they conflict with the with what he's trying to do for his people he's talking about being the heir and and he says an heir you do that when you're a king <laughs> you don't leave a legacy unless you're a king he's anointed himself caesar and caesar got stabbed by a whole bunch of his senate now it also backfired on caesar and it's not to say he did not also establish the fact that there was a republic after that for years and years to come that made many many more monsters that is so many people not just alexander the great but uh historical figures really influence who marco is and i love that he plays those different angles and it comes from what has been done before 
uh he mentions at palace station that's where it all began with us when we were um just having nothing but dreams and each other and he takes this moment to pause and there is a great deal of debate on whether or not marco actually feels anything i'm not of that opinion i go back to the conversation he had with his son in the in the galley when he says the line feel whatever you need to feel but do not let those emotions rule you i think he truly does lead by that and he wants his son to do the exact same thing which means i can feel whatever i want to feel but i'm going to deflect and manipulate people around me so that i am less closed off to acknowledging those feelings that may interfere with his judgment or even interfere with his own dream as it will in his mind of what it means to be a belter what it means to be a fighter for many generations in the belt the men definitely have shown a fighter is someone who takes from the oppressor a fighter is someone who enacts violence in the face of complete helplessness as they continue to watch their situation be absolutely controlled or destroyed and i i wish we had gotten some more stories because there's many of instances especially um damn i keep forgetting the name of it but there is one really cruel story about how where they had i think i mentioned this last episode where they had their own black wall street belters so to speak where they were trying to find independence because that's all they really wanted the end is independence for themselves and they're trying to do it in a non-violent fashion and yet that does nothing except continue the cycle and so you would have the idea of fighter be this person who who enacts justice by doing the same amount of violence that has been done and does not allow his emotional feelings to to deter from that if that makes any type of sense so i think that was where i don't believe that marco is completely unfeeling does he care about a lot of people around him no i think that he he he, whatever he could have had it was as close as he got with naomi before things went to shit and i think that kind of haunts him and why he is rather obsessed with this idea of kind of leaving her in the place where he very uncomfortably found himself when she left him it's easier to accept the idea that monsters don't feel and it's not to say oh he's in love with her and trying to get her back or anything like that no it's a complicated very twisted type of thing that was some essence of love that has now been poisoned by another thought another feeling of hatred but it's still intermingled very closely with that pure emotion possibly i'm guessing there had to be something pure at some point even naomi acknowledges that that was then that that did bring and attract them to each other in the first place like i said what stop what what ended them was ideology and then his need to be cruel to keep her to stay and then she understood that this person that i do love unfortunately is going to always and want to go in directions that i do not and he does not care 
to acknowledge my feelings about that and thus I mean nothing to him Jesus I haven't even gotten through this one conversation and I haven't even gotten <laughs> see that's what I mean I knew I was going to be here all night okay let's try to keep this moving along instead of going off on tangents as I like to do but I could honestly talk about this show for hours it's a good thing that I've been asked to be on a panel whenever we decide to do it <laughs> but back to his marco machiavellian ways he always tries the soft hand first right let me show you the palm before i give you the backhand and then he also has another phase in which he has delusionally shifted reality to fit the narration that he sees and he truly believes in the things in which he says so it's not sincerity it's his um his complex idea which to filter reality (laughs) i don't even know how to to sum this up it's so like it's so complex and then there's pure manipulation and we see those phases play out with his conversation with um his son in the first time and how he handles it the second time so he starts with the story about palace how that was our dreams and how we only had each other and then you had that moment of him stuttering over that where i think that was an actual emotion because he is thinking that there were happy times and i think that also is what spurs him to go see naomi but that's not the only thing like i said everything is 50 layers with this man i wish i had the quote for the book but i don't and i want naomi to say it and i think she will in the show so i will not spoil it maybe when she's explaining to someone how marco thinks and it sums up completely why every time he's on screen you're about 14 different minds about what he's actually doing but he says after trying to connect with him like oh and you're my son and look at the things you've accomplished at your age and look I could have been like you at your age but you've done so much more and you have Philip eating it up like I just want to make you proud of me and then he says I know this is also classic abusive behavior withholding favor so that you can control their actions and make them eager to please you that's exactly what um he does to philip here and he does it very gently you can see every time you are with philip though and i love the way that they're doing it without needing a flashback is exactly how and she even says it everything you're doing with philip is exactly what you did with me except you couldn't break my ass but um i love that line i will give that line away from the book when she says you tried to break me with it when i was a little girl it didn't happen then i don't know why you think you're gonna break me now so now that he got him where he wants him he says oh i have a favor of you and he's like oh anything because he wants his uh, uh, approval he wants him to be proud despite you know killing his friend and you know stopping the rocks from being discovered by the scientist stealing the martian tech to begin with seems like you're doing a lot of the legwork but this scene is kind of a reminder to the audience before it came back to bite us in the ass that philip is securely in the grasp of his father he may listen to his mother she may have planted some seeds but philip was never going to turn against his father he was too indoctrinated, and it did it only took a few words from him to easily put him back in line and i think this is exactly why philip found him i could have easily taken the ship 
but no he tells him i need this it's a junker basically um this great ship that would usually be considered a boon for a belter is a piece of shit because you know i have this nice navy fleet well it's not going to help me at all or the cause so i think i can use it for the cause and he agrees to it then he walks away and he says well you know i wanted to make sure it didn't have any sentimental value for you because i know you've been talking to her basically calling him out on the fact that i know you've been lying i know you've been getting close to or around your mother and i'm gonna allow it i'm not gonna say anything about it however i just need to check in and make sure you're still on we're still on the same page right and he's like of course like that thing doesn't mean shit to me and he's like good now there's a few things that now drive him to naomi one he's just been talking about palace station he's got caught up for half a millisecond and some memories but also he knows he has the ace still in his deck and in his hand or whatever <laughs> card analogies something i forgot to mention last episode was when he was watching um naomi and philip talk and i meant to bring it up much earlier in the season but it never showed but then they finally gave us a moment in which i could address it and then i forgot but he has to be monitoring her around this ship right he's not just letting her because a lot of people is like well he's just letting her walk around his ship and i'm sure he's not watching her every single particular move but i think that he is consciously aware or he checks on or keeps tabs at least if not like i wish we did have more crew around because in the books it's easier to show just how much his eyes are really on her at all times because other people have their eyes on her and he doesn't need to be staring at her he can get info from anyone he needs or if she does something he will be apprised of it and they don't have that same um don't have that same thing happening on the pella however i think that one scene showing that he does um spy on conversations she has with her son makes me believe there's nothing to say he hasn't been spying or isn't spying on the conversations she's having around the ship with other people especially when those conversations are confrontational to him he even can go back and look at his fucking camera i don't know but there is that idea at least it's there in the actual not only the script but on screen that he has the capacity to totally look in on what she's saying how she's saying it what she's talking about because it feels as if this episode he's playing chess with her like okay you did your move you fucked up my plan you tried to kill me and this is his response to that and then we know what naomi's response is at the end of this episode and i can't be a little titillated by the whole drama of it all and also why when we see naomi hear someone coming and she takes that sigh and kind of puts herself in a emotional neutral zone and then she looks up and sees marco there i kind of squealed they ask you how you are you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand her face closed up like alcatraz y'all 
she already knew the bullshit was on its way and he saw it but before he could say anything she says if you're looking for an apology don't waste your breath and he says oh i'm not mad i'm not mad at all i'm actually rather impressed that you tried to kill me and smiles as if this feistiness despite how much it angered him and how he tried to space her for it was rather cute but in his own words that was more about teaching a philip a lesson about failure than actually killing naomi i still hear some people say that philip must have saw her have the knife and i and it was really one of those quick ass scenes and of course where the angles are but when they threw her into the the isolation room after she did try to shank him and then ruin the whole rossi plan he had the knife in his hand marco did so i think he probably knew she was up to something on the bridge like you could feel he felt even in that moment like what was that about and it wasn't what he thought like he didn't think his son knew or was trying to stop it that wasn't his concern but he knew he knows naomi and he knows that you know he's really trying to kill the love of her life of course she might get a little homicidal and he knows that she's that type like there is no naomi doesn't hide and i love that about her in the show because in the book it is different it's a night and day she has a quiet strength and a badassery versus this naomi is outwardly a fucking pit bull she will hiss at you she won't let you touch like yeah you can go ahead and manhandle me basically this shit ain't gonna be easy and he rather knows that and i think that was him saying oh yeah that was cute what you tried to do i'm actually impressed and he also rather acknowledges in a certain manner like well i try to kill you you try to kill me it is what it is because that's the basis of the relationship i don't think any is under the delusion that there's a lot of love lost there despite the fact in which there is a lot of love lost there especially on his part where naomi has learned to kind of grow from that but you see at the beginning of the episode it's not lingering in any type of or not not lingering in any type of fashion in her not heart but at least in her mind and you see there's also a new worriness that's also borderlining on respect as much as he because you know he's someone who thinks a fighter should do what be violent she was violent and that is a kind of bit of a step in his book so even at the end when he says i show it as a sign of respect he's actually not lying that's why i say about his sincerity moments they're weird they're not what they should be in sincerity moments but he has a different way of evaluating emotions in general which is revealed a lot in this conversation that they have but i like the moment where he kind of assesses like should i get in there like you know how you don't want to get in with a dangerous lion and yet you find yourself drawn to the danger of it all so you go ahead and get your ass in. it's like those people that jump off fucking buildings and planes it's like that uh that dopamine adrenaline rush like you know this is not a good idea but fuck it i'm gonna do it anyway even if it means that i'm gonna get wounded in the process and that's exactly what happens to marco but he chooses to put himself in the lion's den but like with everything with marco it's twofold because in another way you can see it as him just saying oh you tried to kill me now i am going to put myself in a room alone with you and show you how powerless you are because i have the control in this situation you're helpless it's a way in which he can assert some power 
I'm not sure I lean more towards that one as much as the other one because that seems more appropriate for what he was after in the conversation between them and it's how and the way I can tell is how he starts it off with it's been a long time since we've been in a room alone together so he's immediately trying to get her focused on the intimacy of their relationship and then she says well that we we don't have to worry about that now like she shuts that down completely i'm not gonna let your charm get to me because he's definitely trying the charm angle that smile worked on my ass i would be dropping for yeah me me naomi at 16 years old meeting marco that would have been the bad boy i would like i regret but i have him tattooed on my heart for the rest of my damn life despite all of the pain and all of the shit i never want to go through it's just that it's that experience it kind of morphs the person in which you become despite all of the shit that comes with it clearly if you've never had one of those experiences it might be all hard to relate i have so that's why i can get this chemistry that's between them that's not healthy or right but why it's still there and why you know naomi becomes wary of even trying to be trapped in those emotions or those feelings and why she shuts it down so completely and it's also an answer to the age-old question a lot of people ask why do people stay with their abusers there must be something that they do and you're watching what they do they try every trick in the book but the most effective one is the emotional bond that connection and that's why he goes for that first to try to get her back in that mind space of it wasn't all bad we had happy times let me soften her up and she just immediately won't fall for that sauce because she knows her already thinking about that that that's a trap i'm already beginning to fall for that trap now him being in this room alone with me that's too much for her to bear and she just will not go down that road with him but uh i still think it's fascinating that this is the first tactic that he tries to use with her and i wonder if it was part of that blindness before that she would always get wrapped up in those emotions versus what her head was telling her which was stop don't let him get to you in this way she aborts that mission and when he gets to the point of what he really wants to know is why did you come back to palace station after all this time he says why did you make your way back to philip after all this time now i've said this previously as well that marco has a way of talking about himself without actually talking about himself and he uses his son philip and i think that there is much more anger at the thought that he was left by her than the fact that she left her son and so it's more like why did you come back in my orbit after all these years is what i was reading between the lines she replies that she needed philip to know how she loves him and that she would do anything for him and he says anything but stay in his life and i read that as him saying if that's true then you would have stayed he really counted on her staying and loving him that much that it would reconcile his ideas and his dreams it would assimilate her for the most part and she doesn't allow him to put that guilt or that blame on her she says you took his life from me what's crazy is that he then readily admits well i took him from you 
because I wanted you to stay. And he really thinks in his mind that this was okay. Like I needed you to stay with me. He says, you had a hold of me like nothing I've ever felt before. The way in which he explains that type of, it's almost as if it's a voodoo type of shit. Like you, you did something to me, woman. And (laughs) it made me a little crazy when you decided you were going to leave. So I did a little something crazy called take your kid to get you to stay. And well, that's your fault because you had this hold on me. He doesn't say the word love because I think he has buried what that emotion was because in the end it betrayed him in his mind but he can't shake the the obsession with it right the he can't help but want to hurt her in the same way that he himself would never acknowledge is pain or betrayal and more than just you're weak you are not someone i thought you were it's a different type of betrayal to a part of his anatomy he doesn't necessitate as anything of value except that it's his so the love that Naomi had for him that was his love and he himself very much was attached to it in the very damaged way in which he could be then he became vulnerable and she knows him she knows him like no one else knows him and that's why she can get under his skin and why uh, Keon calls Naomi his kryptonite she makes him feel and he starting to take things personal when they should be business and it is this thing with the Rocinante he should have taken the Tycho loss he's got so many other things going on he's made his point he can go home the Rocinante is not anything especially past the Zamea he has to worry about and yet he has concocted this entirely vengeful plan because that has to go I can't have that and it has way more to do Naomi and his ownership of her like he does not want her to love anyone else or have loved anyone else besides him and that it would be someone that's better than him that is not acceptable that went out and helped the belters and are actually building and helping build the thing in which that was their dream oh no the rasanate has to go and she has to feel the pain of it now he wants her to feel the pain of it now even though before he just wanted to kill her which that's still oh i still go back and forth with the books on that one on how they changed it but um yeah i mean it's just it's dysfunctional is the right word for it it's not meant to make all the most sense it doesn't have all the rationale because how i feel is if you was gonna blow her up on the rossi then why would you be like oh i'm gonna space her and then corral's like are you really gonna space her and in a private moment ain't nobody here in between them he's like yeah no i really wouldn't fucking space her so what is it that marco wants if it is not just to have her in a position in which she uses or loses everything and that may put her in some type of position in which he can get his pawn back or his possession back and that is just me thinking about obsessive men in general now it may not necessarily fit completely with this character but i do think 
in time him saying at the end we'll put you on the float yeah eventually i want you to have nothing to where you will crawl back to where you have something and that is still your son even if we reject you and i will get back to that at the end because there's something he says to send that i think makes all the more sense about what he says at the end of the episode while also appeasing all factions who have been giving him shit on multiple fronts but it all started with philip deciding to kill kidnap his mama and i'm still not a ton sure i agree with that book change but i digress because uh, i'm already an hour in and i haven't even gotten past 10 minutes in the fucking episode <laughs> but what i was saying it also plays into the line that he says which is absolute bullshit but you know if i had known the augustine gamora using that code would have destroyed our family i would never have done it and she points out immediately exactly what you're doing to philip you did to me and he says philip is a fighter the same way i thought you were so he's trying to say you know you're just not a fighter that's what it is that's what it all boils down to that's what our problem is some people are meant to be fighters some people are not you're not meant to be a fighter because you can't kill people at random for the cause because that's what needs to be done to fix our people and he may not be 100% wrong and that's the part where I'd be seeing Naomi's brain be like I want to debate it's the same thing with drummer I want to say you're wrong but there's too much evidence to say that you're right despite how wrong it is and that's the part where Marco and his people have taken the debate from the the bar to real life and that's where drummer and even naomi it's like yeah i can listen to you talk about this shit and see where you're going but as far as actuality that's where i'm like i'm deucing out i'm a cynic so i know in a lot of ways if you are going to break something or if you're gonna some things are so broken you can only just wipe the wipe the board clean and that sounds awful <laughs> because wiping the board clean is not going to come with any small type of traumatic tragedy which means something has to be factored out of and you know that's never something anyone should really want to dream about you always want to to have the dream of optimism even if you die in cynicism if that makes any sense because i feel like that should be on my tombstone but he also points out like you don't know philip whatsoever you weren't there when he took his first steps when he first went out to vacuum all the things that his mother should have done so once again trying to put it back in her her um wheelhouse that you weren't a parent to your child but it's not only that that vehemence he has in his voice anytime like i thought that you were like we were the same we were one how could you betray me like i can hear the me behind it even though he's not saying it the same thing with i raised our child like that's what you should have been doing we should have had those moments together you robbed me of that by leaving me even though i did everything to make you go i did the one thing the worst most terrible thing to make you go and then when you didn't want to keep killing people you uh basically you refuse to stay <laughs> there's no good way to say that it's not you had a choice it's you you chose not to not choose um 
she tells him he philip gets to decide who he wants to be and he does not need to die for his father's dreams after the third time though of trying to make her feel like the world's worst mother naomi finally steps into the ring and i mean physically steps into his actual orbit oh i love watching them act and says that i felt guilty every day yes motherfucker i left him i know what i did however let me tell you this i also felt relief and he thought she was gonna say shame because that's what he's been trying to make her feel she said the pain of losing philip was not as horrible as having to stay with him so there was this moment in a episode or in a interview with dom where she makes a line and i'm still kind of waiting to see what she means by it but she said something to the effect because well keon very clearly i could see why why naomi would be a kryptonite to him i do struggle just a little bit (laughs) from everything we've seen thus far why naomi or why dom would say that naomi is dangerous to her or dangerous for her i'm not not so dangerous for her but dangerous to her like i don't know what would other than the fact that he has her son what makes him dangerous to her and she doesn't say it in that particular context she makes it seem as if it him himself has maybe and that's kind of where i was thrown with that as if he had some type of influence but on this uh, during this debate it's very clear that he ain't got shit on her like there's nothing in which no string in which he could pull that can get her to soften even a little bit when he's in a vicinity but maybe it's because of the raw emotion that he has a tendency to bring out in her he kind of gets under her skin a bit too because she's had some pretty pretty damning things to him like some harsh ass shit that is meant to inflict pain and you know when you're in an argument with someone you always want to try to be the bigger person like you want to be on the moralistic side but with that line even though it's 100 percent deserved and i stand up and cheered when she said it almost feels like she's rolling around in the dirt with him just a bit and it is one of those volatile situations that can and we saw her get violent with him like i'm trying to kill him i'm trying to put hands on him i'm saying shit that's horrible i'm screaming out i fucking hate you i've become i've regressed a little bit into the teenage emotional wreck of a woman in which (laughs) marco likes seeing me and the position of and maybe that's what she was meaning by that line but then just when you thought that wasn't the worst thing that she could say to him and you damn well know that he took that knife that she put into him and decided to dig it out from the wound that she made and return the favor and he did that in spades i was already with my jaw being held (laughs) like no she didn't and then he gonna say james holden must be quite the man to keep a woman like you basically saying oh you ain't falling for this shit girl because you fell for it and you know this is fucking goodness 
like stop playing you already hot and flushed and flirt and bothered right now i am too so i don't know what he must have that i ain't got and then she says he's all the things you pretend to be fuck you fuck the plane you flew in on fuck them shoes fuck the socks with the bell on it fuck them cheap ass cigars Fuck your yuck mouth teeth, fuck your hair piece, fuck your chocolate, fuck Guy Ritchie, fuck Prince William, fuck yeah. the Queen. My president is black and my Lambo is blue, nigga. Now get the fuck out of my hotel room. And if I see you in the street, I'm slapping the shit out. Man, this was the drama, y'all. I told y'all, this is the drama I was waiting for. Like, I was waiting for them to, to turn into that Eminem and, um, <laughs> that Eminem and Rihanna video. Love the way you lie. Like, all of this is completely worthy of a soap opera and i'm way down for it and anyone saying that they don't like it can go fuck off because this some damn good backstory to a very deep insidious family that has changed history for the better and the worst <laughs> she then says the only reason why i'm not dead is because philip may think that you think i'm a threat if you kill me and that i've gotten to you so there's that and then he says well actually i haven't killed you because i don't want our son to have his mother abandon him again what what the fuck these two are so well matched there is nothing like history between two people and it be that type of history where we used to share everything and you know exactly where to push their buttons and they know where exactly to push your buttons and it's all about seeing how far you've grown apart from that person or if you've evolved and you see in this moment and i liked even the way they ended it and i'm not sure what they were trying to make me feel when they ended it other than dom and Keon knowing what's up <laughs> on the other side of the fandom that all watched a whole bunch of um what's her name shonda rhymes where he then opens up the door and says you're free to go and oh wait she ends it with i'm here or i'm you he says you're gonna you think he's gonna listen to you and she's like oh he already is and that's when he knew he was feeling good about himself because he knew he knew like yeah you're, he's listening to you but i can flex on him in ways you cannot and he played he pulled out the the backhand the second time he's like okay i tried to stroke you in line now i'm gonna have to slap you back in line uh stroke him that sounds dirtier than it should have been but it's because it in the scene because she's like um then he'll see the person that you really are and then he says you can go but you're not allowed to fuck with anything or mess with anyone on this crew he doesn't mention himself mind you <laughs> like don't try to kill me again if you do though you're going out of an airlock and he says that philip will know who you are then at that point in time i'm not sure if marco knows about the whole i almost killed myself i feel like he's not the kind of guy that would know that maybe he gets told that next episode I know there was a lot of people myself included uh i'll talk about that in the book spoilers actually um let's move on to the almost kiss look i saw it i know y'all saw it too she was not she kind of was just looking at his lips like it, it's what is the word like i said if you've never been through this type of experience you may not know 
but you can hate someone so much that you can still feel things that are just as raw as when you were in love with them and it can cause a certain chemistry a certain draw or pull in the room that is not healthy in any manner however it's still magnetic so in the end of that interaction while i'm just joking and saying oh yeah they almost kind of kissed there was a moment in which that intimacy was still there where she was kind of looking but it was almost like she had to pull herself out of something and i think the way dom is playing it is to show that despite the fact that she got the upper hand in that there's still enough of that marco that you could see where he would pull her back in where she would stop using that part of her brain and then just become part of the emotion and then the minute she's in that place he has more room to control her and i'm not sure if she played it because of that because she definitely did i'm just saying i watched that scene multiple damn times she leaned her ass in and marco certainly was like should i taste it should i get a taste before i leave man i really want to but i'm not going to because that would make you feel like you have some power over me but he was much more direct with the fact that he was lingering on whether or not they was going to get physical in that moment even if she did not want it and that is also where i think she was playing into it too like i don't want you to kiss me but if you did (laughs) it would i would push you away but i can't explain it i really can't other than if you've watched enough television shows or you've been in that situation you you feel exactly what i'm trying to to get at once again not saying it's healthy there were people that asked well why would he let her go in the ship one he's spying on her secondly he wants to give her hope before he crashes that hope completely down like he knows the outcome of the situation she thinks she can change the outcome why not let her try i mean that's ego for you (laughs) i think it's gonna come back to bite him once again but it's in a moment at a time he can't help himself he can't he cannot help himself from wanting to show off and then when you go back to the fact that he's a slingshotter what do they want they're glory hounds for fame and they do it on very risque like uh crusades that more than likely will end in their early death and yet and yet they will go for that and i think a lot of the belter culture also that i did not speak about about um how culture can do can change the human psyche not just one person but a whole bunch of people and how other people can fall deeper or less deep whichever way depending on their nurturing but another hindrance to the belt was that you have them not live or they live uh what they they're like earthers or inners live twice as long as they do so you have more younger generation coming in to replace a younger generation and you never have the chance for wisdom to actually make an impression and i think i kind of mentioned that with the ashford characters the anderson dolls characters at the end yeah i'm all for the armistice and stuff but when we was about it about it about it about it we was all about that life um and then you have uh, you know this new 
idea of you don't get to live as long because every day is a blessing like you, living in circumstances that have a seven to ten or you know seven out of ten chance that's not a good ratio of living and you think about it in olden times where people lived to there were 25 27 if you got to like 40 it was like holy shit but it's it's because of, well unless you were made of money that's a whole different situation but if you were the average joe out on the street it's like yeah i am gonna go throw my life in all these hedonistic it's almost like rome that's a good example actually why would people go to a coliseum and watch people get torn apart by animals like what the fuck but if your life is only here's some bread and you don't have much to offer and you're a roman citizen this and you and you know you're not going to live very long in life because you got diseases killing you everything can kill you everything kills you everything sucks in real life it's not a great way in which to live it's not a, a joyous way to live and there's always that thing that people go back to is life is not meant to be happy we just choose to be happy for human sake because that makes life worth living otherwise you're going why not fall into this very hedonistic culture of morality when life is here and then it's there and then it's gone and everyone around you is reinforcing that fact by dying <laughs> and then you have the next generation coming out and then there are people they live up to is what 10 20 you know still around their ages technically you know they keep mentioning philip 15 16 naomi's like fucking 30 you shouldn't have a half grown ass kid <laughs> at 30 32 33 years old that's a lot that you that you got going on in your life uh she's lived a lot of life that's why i always say she's the hardest person besides amos on the crew and why they kind of balance each other out because he's more like that that street smart where she's got that bigger 3d picture type of thing it's much more of a realist right she is like okay we can go off on these crusades in which you know we're doing the right things but if it seems like we're gonna go in the wrong direction well then i gotta go and we see naomi make that decision several times in her life the, the first time when jim was going all i got my murder armor on which he had in this episode which was great and he was going after the proto molecule he was in that one track mind where fuck everyone else and about me i'm gonna sacrifice everything for this one thing she's like uh-uh i see traces of marco in you i got to bounce she rolls out and then when he comes back and that's when she's like okay i can't actually trust you and that's why she decides to tell him about the proto molecule because she might have been scared that james would have did something or reacted in a way and as much as we want to be like oh james great he would never do such a thing when you're an abusive person your first instinct if you especially if you've been so abused is to protect yourself that's a hundred percent is to keep your independence and your own integrity and it's already been compromised too much for her by everyone in her life which everyone got to see finally in this episode everyone meaning the audience because I already knew these things and it makes all the more sense why she then at that moment had to you know her crew turned against her and she could not follow the same things that they continued to want to do and she needed to go once again even um afterwards you're still chasing the proto molecule you're trying to do the right thing I'm supporting you in this thing because I did not you, you I did betray you and not saying that she shouldn't have done what she did she had her reasons but she lied about them and she didn't try to get everyone to see things her way by actually just explaining but it's not even about explaining anymore she probably never thought she'd be heard 
listen to just so many things probably going on in her mind that her judgment is hers alone and she won't let anyone not even family influence that and that's hard one when you come from the situation that she has come from and it makes all the more sense why she is always going to put that that part of herself first above everyone else and that's just something she has to continue autonomy over and i do mean not just you know herself as a person i mean her decision making what she feels is right at all times even if everyone else can't support her let's breathe away from the pella and all of the drama going on there look i've talked a whole hour and it was about just those 10 minutes of the episode <laughs> i will have less to say about the rest so there is that and there's a few other additional scenes that are going to break my heart but I don't think I will have as much dialogue as some of these two uh, earlier scenes and then the last scene, but that was heartbreaking, kind of setting up for what we were going to get at the end. Then we have Jim on the Rocinante. They're still looking for the Zamea. They are tracking through a heavy kind of traffic area where a lot of people could have off, uh, you know, off-handed the proto-molecule. Um, you have Monica saying, you know, she has a spy on in Anaro's faction and that if there is a handoff, she will hear about it, but she wants to know what they are going to do with the protomolecule and they all agree to destroy it. This begins a conversation between Bull and Holden where first they're talking about the pro, uh, the protomolecule because Monica says she has a spy in the Anaros faction and they will tell her if there's been a hold a handoff and then Bull's like is this are we prepared for failure and she's like no but we need to know what's going on in case we don't catch up with the Zamea I mean I don't know why you think anything's wrong with the backup plan but he's all like we're gonna catch up to them when we catch up to them like he's not even entertaining that idea which is very you know militaristic but also one of those things about him that could be fixed <laughs> by some additional rossi crew members if he becomes a permanent member there's nothing to say he will become a permanent member or that we need him to but i will say it's nice to have someone who isn't quite as um what's the word he doesn't he's not holding and he, he's kind of a millerish type of character right not the same miller guy but for the belter cause but on the the earther side of things right he calls belter skinnies and i've already said that's like the equivalent of the n-word it's a slur it's a racial slur and it should not be done on a ship with a whole bunch of belters in front of a man who's the love of his life is a said belter and i find that he makes that constant banter with Holden and I think it's supposed to show because I don't believe that this is the type of show that leaves things just unanswered or casually throws them in is is showing another side of why earthers or why people might feel earther got earthers got what they were coming right yeah you keep saying these are innocent people and they didn't you know they didn't do anything to the belt but they also didn't help they also didn't care i mean in the same way that we don't care when shit pops off 350,000 miles away from us that's just what humans do and i think that they are really 
though emphasizing it in this moment because of the fact that they're so casual about it they don't take into effect that they are in a shit with a whole bunch of belters that this guy even admits blatantly oh i don't give a fuck about belters or their cause i came to punch a clock for fred and fred knew it and i'm kind of like well fred needed someone in his corner that was going to be there for him so i get fred's motivations and i do get bull's motivations too where he says you know you are with someone long enough they seem like they're full of shit but you're still trying to figure it out like he seemed as if he was a good guy doing this really great thing that's so far above you know an earther wanting to reconcile and giving the belters this oppressed people of tribe of people an actual standing a footnote because they aren't considered humans and i think that's where the inners always fail when it comes to the belters is they don't respect them as humans even anderson says can you imagine if i showed up to any type of armistice meeting would they would they even if i had the protomolecule sample and this is the fucked up part where i think the earthers they never saw it and why marco was able to do and is still able to do what he's setting out to accomplish is that you would not let them in their culture in who they are sit at the table of opposite you and negotiate with them you didn't apologize or acknowledge the things in which you did to their country you're just like well you don't matter because you're not really people they even Abasarala, and that's why i love her character but i always see her in that flaw you want to do everything for the better of humanity but you will not allow yourself to sit across the table of someone that is of belter descent and have a conversation and broker an actual deal without spitting in their face too never mind uh they've pretty much saved the fucking galaxy on multiple occasions y'all are all patting yourselves on the fucking back and giving yourselves medals you're not doing anything but barely allowing the medina station to have control you still have two ships outside it it's been a little bit better it seems under nancy gal because nancy gal is allowing earthers to get in there and get their money and it's not such a big deal because you don't have piracy but now that's why the belt is even more desperate because now that you really don't need us what is going to become of us and you barely and you pretty much decimated us the first fucking time so bull saying yeah fred's last wishes or holden saying fred's last wishes were to go into a a recycler and bull's like fuck that he deserved better than that i'm not letting him go out like some belter despite that is everything that this man stood for in his life you yourself even the earthers at their core they still see him as one of us even if you yourself declare that you are standing and being you could not even allow yourself that bit of compromise and it's such a a really great detail to add to a character that we're supposed to in a lot of ways like and holden sitting there laughing about it he's another character we like but it's like holden if naomi was standing right next to you in this moment she would have things to say the belters that respected fred johnson that did die for him on tycho station him wanting to go into a recycler would have done much him even doing that after death with marco has done would make those people that are straddling the fence 
say you know what that was a good man he even went out the way in which he tried to help us all of that is the thing the the continued racism of earth continues to make marco valid and they don't even see it because when they're alone and there no one's watching and a belter is not that they know or love or respect in the room is not telling them so they are reverting immediately back to the comfort level of oh well you know they're just those people it doesn't matter to them unless it's an immediate need or they're seeing exactly that juxtaposition and that you have someone who worked with fred johnson it would still be that way after all the time i mean proto molecule that was seasons ago so if he knew fred from all the way back then and was like yeah you should get rid of the sample then clearly you've been around belters enough time where you should know calling them fucking skinnies is not okay and yet you continue to use your privilege to keep the boot on them and had no qualms about doing so and you have someone like james holden who's fighting for the belt who's baratna and is casually allowing it to happen even though he's like oh yeah i'm kumbaya but i don't expect everyone else to act the same way and that's where his problem is and i think that's going to come to a head at some point which is why i'm tabling it for right now but that's the biggest thing i picked up about their conversation and the fact that he says we don't get along because you're more like fred john but you and fred didn't get along because you two are more like each other because you both had these grandiose ideas and you think you're fucking right despite everyone telling you maybe you're not it's the same thing with the protomolecule bullshit that's why holding was unlikable at that point in time it's like holding you're fucking being naive you don't you're not thinking about anyone or anything else besides this need to take out the mortal enemy of it all versus seeing exactly what is the bigger picture right now instead of doing or fighting for blindly the thing that you think is right you need to be able to balance out more than your own idea and it leads to some things down the line uh in this storyline when it comes to the zamea we then go to the screaming firehawk aka the razor back where you have oh i turned the episode on <laughs> didn't mean that because i'm trying to check in with all the scenes to make sure i get that actually we didn't go the razor back next oh yeah we did he got the message from the razor back saying from alex well and that was weird too when he was like who's that from he says my pilot like i would have thought he said alex like be more happy he's alive considering he hasn't heard from anyone but his reaction was very stoic but he's like so awesome shit's going down i'm going back to Tycho station i'll see you there i'll tell you about it you won't believe it and then he's like uh he's really close he shouldn't be that close let me respond and then we go back to the ship and philip uh philip naomi goes to find the only thing she hears about on the ship which is her son philip she goes to his room sees that he is working on a air scrubber so he's got a smart mind like her she sees that he has a razor he's shaving and despite her not addressing the words to marco you know in this moment invalidating everything i said before that marco is indeed getting in her head because she does realize and has to accept no this isn't a boy this is someone that i don't know and who does not know me and she's thinking about how can she reach him what things connect each other she wants to know more about him as a person so that she can impress upon that person whoever he tries or wants to be 
and she knows that she has to come at it and it's gonna sound because that's the thing at the end you're trying to manipulate me that is exactly what she's doing it she's just not doing it from a place like her father is or like his father is and he doesn't know the difference and since he knows or has been taught for 15 years that a fighter does not give in to those weaknesses of feelings he sees this as a manipulation on her part coming from a bad place of turning her against her own or his own family and it's the complete opposite and when it comes out of his mouth it's even more tragic because he does not himself see that's exactly what his father is trying to do i don't know why i flashed back but then i was thinking also in my other point about the society you have to think about the drug use as well and it flashed back because i remember i did not see any nudity foul language well i see foul language but nudity <laughs> sexuality drug use <laughs> y'all teased me okay i wanted to get some of these things i like when philip came in and he's like who let you out like bitch why are you in here and she's like your father let me out and then he's kind of wondering why she's in <laughs> his room and she still has the razor in his or her hand so he makes this joke of you're gonna try to kill him with that now and then she's like no oh <laughs> i didn't even know i still had this in my hand she's more focused on the fact that i don't know you like i have to i'm coming to this acknowledgement that you are your own person um she tries to connect with him like oh i used to break down air scrubbers too when i was your age but he's really not trying to get that type of uh connection he doesn't want to put more things in place that's gonna hurt him i mean poor baby i mean learning more about your mother it's, it's already tragic it can only get more tragic as time goes on and building those personal connections like oh my god we did the same thing when we were kids maybe a little too raw for him in this moment but she does admit i don't know i missed a, a whole bunch of your life he's more interested in the line she said to him which is i know what you're going through and wants her to explain that and he sits down and she realizes that i'm gonna have to admit to some shit to him if we're gonna level each other right and naomi always likes to answer i don't know <laughs> she does that quite a bit and it's sometimes something i do when there's so many emotions going on i don't feel like explain like i don't want to expose myself to that vulnerability and that's why i relate to her when you say i don't know when you're like someone asks, like why did you do this thing that hurt me or why didn't you just explain this thing to me that was so simple like yeah you had a kid and yada 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 and she's like well because that's too painful it's vulnerable i don't want to expose it and admitting that well i don't want to do that either so the answer is i don't know and she can't give that answer to her son when he directly asked that question and i like the way she starts off with well i don't know exactly what you're going through because we we are different we had different experiences she had parents she didn't have any parents um but she says i know what it's like to be under marco's spell i met him when i was your age uh i i worship like i never met anyone like him uh i was enthralled of him and i know what it's like to be under that spell like i became part of him he his dreams were my dreams his wants were my wants all i wanted to do was please him and that made me blind to the person that he really was and then eventually 
the August Gamoran happened and he says, yeah, that was a good victory. She says, not to me. I'm glad y'all all celebrating that, but it devastated me. And when I realized I could not do the thing that you yourself does not regret, because she asked him, do you regret what you've done? And he says, no, I don't. I'm a fighter. And dad made me a fighter. And I don't regret that. And I don't think he's going to regret it for a very long time. And why would you? You're not just going to meet your mom for two days or two weeks, however long she's been on this damn spaceship. And all of a sudden, your entire thought process is going to change, especially when it comes to something as magnificent as what he has done, the amount, millions of lives that he's taken. She only wanted, she took 516 and she tried to walk out of an airlock, but mostly because of her son and the fact that she did not want to do that ever again like she felt shame and guilt because of those actions but she felt guilt because she knew she was in some way culpable because of her love for the man that used her code for a reason in which was more aligned with his dream than her dream of just putting people on the float so she's trying to get through to him in that respect of yeah it seems like it's great he made me feel like i was the center of the fucking universe and i get it and i think her acknowledging that is a big deal as well because it's saying no he didn't never have an influence on me no he did have this so much so that i completely folded into him and wasn't myself and she's trying to get him to at least be that when he says and i'm so glad we didn't get the line from the book um because i thought that line was very harsh but it was appropriate and he says look i'm my own man i'm my own my person i don't need you i don't need his approval she says i know like i don't want you to be like me you don't have to be like me but i don't want you to be like him i used to have all these dreams for you of what you would be what you would become but now the only thing i hope for you is that you will one day regret your fucking life choices <laughs> like you will find you have a soul that's all i can ask for you at this time and that's also another sad thing that you wanted your child to be this that and the other thing and now you just want to hope that he doesn't die not knowing what he did then she gets a little closer to him by joining him on the bed and you know because he's getting emotional too like i'm not this person you're trying like he's what she's explaining he can't unrecognized whether he wants to believe it or not and he says i'm my own person no one's going to tell me what to do and she says okay i believe you and he says i don't need you to believe me she says i know but i do and she's trying to say i'm going to trust you to make the right decisions because me trying to manipulate you any more than you've already been manipulated which is so sad considering what she ends up having to manipulate him into believing at the end of this episode she tries herself to give the soft hand and then she has to give her son the backhand of his life choices (laughs) and i love this moment between josai and dom when they uh she finally is able to make some physical contact with him and she hugs him and it's kind of awkward at first but he immediately turns into a two-year-old boy he just wants his mama just wants his mama and he finally breaks down and asks why did you leave me and then she explains that 
Okay, so your dad took me. I couldn't find you. He hid you away for months. I looked everywhere. I decided finally to give up. I went to an airlock. But then I realized in that moment that killing myself was not going to do anything for you. You were still going to go out without a mother. The most I can do is walk away and maybe, just maybe, I can save you in the future. And that's all she had to do. And I love how she leaves it with walking away is sometimes the only thing that you can do. And it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean you're not going to have baggage with it. But it also means it's the only choice in which you really have a choice, especially when the situation is intangible. I love everything about this scene. Then we move back to, um, I believe after this, we go to, yeah, Bobby and Alex. They get a quick message from Avasarala who has received the ships. And she says that she is pulling back a lot of the ships to assist Earth. However, she's also sending a few after Marco's fleet. Now that was a little surprising to me and a little quick in my humble opinion, but we shall see. Basically, I'm trying to spare what I can to try to go after his fleet, but I still feel as if it is a, a slightly immature, um, and I don't know, it felt as if this message had skipped a whole bunch of Christian story arc and got to the part where she's kind of back together. And I'm, I, I know we couldn't see her all processing the fact that Arjun's probably dead the entire time, but it came a little bit more... I don't know not as impending as the circumstances very much still are so I wish in a lot of ways the scene was cut out to be quite frank I did not need it except for when Bobby is like itching and she you don't know what it is and then she's like oh I got shot and he's like oh you did she's like yeah I got shot by a lot of bullets and <laughs> he's like okay i'll get the auto dock and she's like oh it's fine and then tosses the bullet but then i was thinking bitch hygiene maneuvers that shit can come back and kill you or put a hole through the the fucking thing anything i just know that shit should have been properly disposed of but whatever <laughs> it was a funny moment and i'll take it and it just shows how badass that bobby is and she just walks on the screen with it like oh i got shot uh-huh Ah, it's just it's whatever <laughs> and then he says well you didn't mention the fact that we took out that belter skiff and she's like yeah i didn't need to mention that because i don't like to brag but if you need a fucking medal i'll be more than happy to give you one you fucking um because he is kind of a glory hound even though he pretends as if he's not and he says fuck you asshole then he gets a message from holden saying that hey we got a situation but we'll talk about that other part before but yeah Tycho station don't it, it's not great um fred's dead but hold there until i get back we're chasing the zamea and the proto molecule i love the fact that he ended with we'll talk about personal business later <laughs> and then i like also the realness of bobby saying he must not be at Tycho station and then him like i'm not at Tycho station <laughs> very funny and then she's like oh okay that makes sense then you have her showing him the ships or they send him the ships that marco's fleet is under with monica and bull being like holy hell he really does have a fleet and monica being interested in that storyline then 
Hold and seize the Czech Smoka. Now there are not many instances in which James Holden comes off as a badass. <laughs> There's been some some moments in the show where he flexes just how good he really is. But for the most part, he is that humble, understated type of hero. So you don't get that intense um, type of emotional reaction that you typically get from most archetypal male characters that are the protagonist he has what i like to call the slow burn rage and he shows it in this one moment that i quite frankly adored when he sees the check smoker because for five seconds jim's like fuck everybody else <laughs> that's naomi's shit and he wants to go and you have bull saying well that's a lot of people we can't engage that fire part he's going the practical route jim's not thinking practically right now he doesn't give a fuck how many are in that fleet he's going in to get naomi and if that means he's gonna die trying then so be it however monica who has a little bit of that personal relationship with jim she did save his life and they had the whole time that they were on the rossi together you you needed someone in that moment that had any personal tie to him like an alex or anyone else to pull holden back because we know if holden is not pulled back he will in fact do the crazy shit that is on his mind so she's like holden and then that gets his attention and he finally lets up on the absolute death glare that he was given that ship mainly like that's where my focus wants to be right now and instead she's like the proto molecule is more important we're still going after the proto molecule right and then he still takes a whole full ass minute and i even like his response of course that's of course that's that's what we're supposed to be doing it is just so subtly done of no if you really let james off the leash if he was just another degree or or a few more he could be marco (laughs) and he could do it very effectively if not more effectively because jim is a naval man he actually has some experience whereas marco is a two-bit um joyrider slingshot person who is more of an opportunist than an actual calculated that's not to say he's he's that's he's opportunist he's strategic but he does not know how to balance he's not a balanced leader he's an effective some person that can lead but he he needs a council around him and that's the thing about great leaders though because i i know i talked out of both sides of my mouth in that whole last 30 minutes of statements they both are leaders however i've always contended a great leader listens to the people around him and holden does listen to the people around him marco does not <laughs> and because he listens to the people around him it's the same thing with rick grimes i should have used that example much more relevant rick grimes 
Rick Grimes can be the governor at any given time. But we still love Rick Grimes and we haven't turned against him despite some of the shitty stuff he's done because I don't know why I felt the need to scream that. (laughs) But we haven't turned against him because we know his intentions are still pure despite the fact that he may cross the line every once again. He might be, you know, biting people's necks off and, you know, talk about I made you a promise. (laughs) We'll take this machete and continue to keep my promise. Could he just have walked the fuck away from Gareth and his people? Yes, he could have. But he said, I made you a promise. The dictatorship was real, guys. It was real. That was the protagonist. And for five seconds, James Holden was about to go full with Grimes. And he had to bring himself back. When Monica was like, look you still are a really great person (laughs) that puts the cause before your own selfish feelings or desires no matter what those are and he still though we see that flaw that slippery slope when he finally does catch up with the Zamea a little bit later and I'm going to stay on this track storyline because I don't feel like going back and forth again and again the second scene we have is um well one he tells alex and bobby so yeah that thing i was gonna tell you later naomi's been kidnapped by marco now i don't think that alex or amos know about the kid they don't know now but yeah uh and he says and he makes compromise he says why don't you guys follow that ship keep eyes on it i love that bobby didn't even think about it hesitate she says i'm plotting a course she knew that this was Alex's family as well didn't even need to say anything and then he sends a message back with we won't lose her that's where we leave them and then the next conversation is very interesting as he's talking to monica he says i hate fishing now everyone loves his outfit i love when he dropped me because he's just walking away you know how when 911 is another incident where you had uh <laughs> my man's jump off the truck and he just had the axe he was like what the fuck you need to ask for it's about i know i'm gonna kill someone today so i if if it goes this way someone's going to die so i need to be like i'm already gearing up for the worst case scenario because <laughs> if a happens b is going down and i think in this moment it was very close that's what what holden's really representing is yeah i'm in murder pursuit of that thing but if anything goes differently i'm gonna turn into that other guy real quick um and so he is sitting in the galley with that same outfit on and it's not as effective when he's in when he's on the the rossi in the war room section it's all gravy but when he's just sitting having some coffee i wanted to be like dude take that shit off but she comes in and wants to discuss what we all really been thinking about and what i'm really surprised that christian hasn't talked about but we'll get there eventually is the fact that what the fuck is marco paying for to get these martian ships she thinks it's going to be codazar and the proto molecule he agrees but then she's like uh so i get that part but then she also brings up the question why would mars what does mars get out of this like are they having the same ideas or does mars want something else now there's this idea and it's mainly and i'm gonna have to go write him an email 
Uh, <laughs> I love him. Uh, Jim from Ball Move. And he has this idea that Martians are all about just building shit together. Like, oh no, we're all about working on one goal. And that's not true. Yes, that is kind of the dream of Mars in an aspect of we put all of these ideologies behind this project, which is the terraforming project that is going to liberate us to allow us to have this more sophisticated cultural identity separate from Earth. So it's not necessarily, hey, we like building shit. It is, we are scientifically, which they were, um, and research way far above what the Earth planet is doing. Secondly, they were already self-sufficient for the most part, except they didn't have their own atmosphere, right? Then they think that they are of this higher idea, like they like they are, they're a military force, right? Everyone's honest here. You're a good Martian. Everyone puts in their work. Like they have an ideology system in place, a set of rules, a set of ideas, a set of standards every Martian needs to live up to. That's what they mean when they say the dream of Mars is not dead. It's the idea of what we were trying to create is not dead on the planet can we create that somewhere else and i think that's the question that monica is posing but i think she thinks that it's for mars and i think Salvatore earlier in the season was saying and talking to the students about going out further but that the dream of mars is still going to be there so that means we're still going to be a military government we're still going to be minimizing freedoms we're still going to make sure our um the people are held to a certain account go back to Mar uh, bobby season two episode one two and three that is my mars ideology one-on-one -on -one. and then ask me if you want a whole bunch of people with that mindset and only that mindset and Keep in mind, they're tribal. So they don't believe in anyone else's ideas imposing on their own. They think they're superior. So that is what the dreams of Mar dream of Mars is. And I don't know how I'm going to write that in an email and type it up to him. But I did want to clarify that. It's just not the terraforming act or having a blue sky. That's kind of what the Belters want. They just want actually to survive. Whereas the... The Martians want to thrive over humanity as it has been in the past. They don't look at Earth as something they want to emulate. They want themselves to ascend that. But it, it comes with quite a lot of civil liberties that a lot of Earthers wouldn't be down for. But they got their own problems, don't they? Now this part is the one where I was a little... I don't know if I'm just suspicious. I just never forget the fact that monica is a reporter and i feel like jim forgot she was in this moment I, do i say i don't do i trust her yes i trust her however like any reporter if you got the juice like she coming for the pulitzers matter of fact she already got one she even said in the beginning of this episode after you did that i have to write another story that's gonna trump that shit and let me tell you having the girlfriend of the person that saved the world the first time and the second time and the third time be the baby mama of the person that killed the world that is some genuine tea right there that is some insider okay she probably gonna be trying to get naomi alone to get that interview right that's some barbara walters shit right there 
I did laugh when he said, I hate fishing. She's like, well, it's good to get drunk. And he says, well, Amos is plenty stocked up in his room. And she's like, oh, well, maybe later. Then he says, well, I didn't give, because she says, well, did you, I know you didn't, or he confesses rather. Oh, I did. I, I gave the protomolecule away. Or I, I was lying. I didn't know where the protomolecule was. And then she asks, well, did you give it to Fred? That was a stupid question. What do you mean, did you give it to Fred? You watch the robot get the fucking thing out of the ground. <laughs> why did you need to ask that question? I don't know why you needed to clarify from him unless she was recording that. That's why I said I kind of didn't trust her because she's got a fucking uh, recorder in her eye. At any point, she could pull out receipts on your ass. And he is lying. He's the person that, oh, you're the good guy. You tell the truth all the time. And he was sitting on this shit. And he was sitting on it to protect his woman. And he tried to do it once again with the protomolecule. And I'm not sure how she feels about that. But I think what also was horrible in <laughs> Jim's part, like, damn, shut your fucking mouth, is when he says, oh, well, I didn't give the protomolecule to Fred. Naomi did. A belter? After we already about to be racist belters right now? So we're just gonna, anyhow. But then at least she points out, oh, okay. And then he says, well, she had her reasons. Basically, bitch, don't even try it. <laughs> don't say two words out your mouth if you know what's good for you. And smart girl, she does not. And she does bring up the more relevant part. And that's the part that I was arguing with someone else online. Like, how you gonna put this shit on Naomi as if there wasn't a whole fucking two whole years that a whole nother person had possession of it? Anyhow, she's like, oh, well, why didn't Fred destroy it after the armistice? Well, Fred said it was going to secure the power in the belt, yada, yada, yada and he wasn't wrong without the protomolecule they would have been kicked out of medina station in a heartbeat and i had shit and the fact that holden said i didn't trust fred and i wasn't sure if he was trying to play an angle that to me also ran a little on the eh side but i suppose when you make certain changes like the fact that and this is minor book spoilers it was jim and not naomi that gave the protomolecule to fred i guess however it still ran off it still came off as very considering everything they've been through but then i did realize that he said to his face oh you're gonna be running tycho when i come back because i don't think he'd be gonna be running tycho when i come back take that bitch <laughs> and then his woman's like oh you thought you cursed out that dude i'm actually supporting him right now and i'm gonna jump on board of what he's thinking sorry jim i'm gonna give him the protomolecule sal's gonna destroy it that's why they got beef anyhow um <laughs> so sure they're thinking they're right but they they think they're doing the best things that they could do which is why he should have why where he said she had her reasons then he's like okay or she's like i can square all of that however why does marco want naomi like, i don't get that part oh uh, well she had a kid with him what do you mean I will say I think that the scene was supposed to be funnier than it was or she was supposed to give a reaction that was bigger than she gave because she was just like oh what I know I would have been fell out especially if I actually know all the players involved like nah you on some personal level with them you gotta react like a friend would and not like <laughs> we don't know each other from jump or you don't know who Naomi is like you know all the deets everything that went down in the biggest event in history in the ring gates this type of information is t-worthy and that's when you start really giving out all of the black reactions i was expecting and then 
Honig continues to open his fucking mouth talking about, well, she left me a message. I'm so glad he got interrupted because I'm like, oh my God, if this girl goes and finds this damn message and we don't know what is on it and I'm starting to think it's going to be Naomi confessing to doing the Augustine Gamora because she finally wants to get that off her soul. Like if anything bad goes, happens. Know that I wrote that fucking code. It also could explain, you know, why they glossed over it in the show after they fixed the Rossi and we never realized what was wrong with it in the first place. I thought that was all leading up to that and I still think it's on there. I think Jim never listened to it, to be frank. I think maybe he will listen to it at some point because I have a feeling whenever he does get his hands on his boo thing once again, she gonna be fucked up. Like she gonna be in the Fermi for a minute, a hot ass minute. There's not shit. Her ass is her fucking uh, blood just boiled. Shit, she's not coming out to take a walk about <laughs> for some time. She's got fucking retinal damage and shit. Um, thankfully we're just interrupted and they finally spot the Zamea. Here comes the juice. This space battle was amazing and awesome, and I have no, I I can't just gush up about it enough. The cinnamon roll. Uh, him saying bringing it to the bear everything about this was wonderful uh now we saw that marco was very much aware of what was happening with the zomea not only that he's been watching all the ships in the solar system so if y'all think y'all getting the fast one on this man y'all are not really properly but at the same time i think for the first time jim gets some inclination that hey they might expect things that i do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I might be fall walking into some traps. And so this Zamea ends up being a trap because Marco's like, look, bitches, y'all gonna have to die. He found you. You didn't get away the way you should have. Too bad. So sad. Now, there was a lot of debate. Was the protobolicule destroyed? If you do go back and watch it the second time and you freeze frame, you will see all of the rockets light up except for one with a blue flame it goes in the opposite direction and if you had the subtitles on you would have heard marco say send it to me and do not give away our position the zamea knows what to do so he definitely um knew that the rossi was going to intercept the zamea so he sacrificed the zamea still got the the protomolecule sent directly to him this time so he's going to take care of the the drop off and now holden is either under the impression that the protomolecule is destroyed which we know from the spy that monica has that they will quickly learn that is not the case but maybe at this point he thinks it is or but he says fuck at the end so i hope that he recognized that it was a trap because he after them taking out all those torpedoes which were wonderful the sound effects too just great with the pdcs the gun jams that's also another realistic thing that happens in battle things don't go perfect and then he got the gets the rail gun he disables the ship and he plans to board it which is not what he told them that he was going to do he says look we can get their data logs or something to try to locate naomi because even though the Chex Mocha is her ship, he knows that she's also a prisoner of Marco. So there's nothing to say that she would be on the Chex Mocha. Like, no, clearly she's not just on that ship. She's somewhere else. But he knows that he's holding that in his arsenal. So that's where he was looking at that ship all intently. 
after this we see marco is looking at his screen and he's clearly seeing two ships at the ring i think one is un the other is a martian ship why he is looking at those i think that comes into the play at the end of the episode once again subtitles will save your life and get you to pick up things in the episode especially when people are talking and you're so focused and the camera does a wonderful job of putting you in one place to put all your attention there so that you're not paying attention to the dialogue in the background and we finally get the indication that a lot of our book fans have been waiting for for the big ass reveal when someone yells out we finally heard from medina station and he says about time so he has people on medina station he said it to our faces season four episode five to ashford i can get people to to rebel even on your precious medina station the place that you think is this um this uh this victory by having this here in the ring and being the the stop and go gas station between the rain gates it also is a good seat of power if you are trying to police the entire belt and make sure that the rain gates plus the other uh the outer planet space it remains his if the if the martians and the earthers retreat back that also gives marco a lot of leadway and i think maybe that's why they gave the scene of christian saying that she's sending out some people to track down the ships but i'm a catch 22 about that because she said most of them they're bringing back to to earth and to mars and you would think at this point but it also makes sense that she wouldn't it's just a different situation i'm not sure how it will work until the end of the season and we get there so i'm going to push that aside for the moment and get back to the meat and potatoes of this episode which is our second big uh naomi and another character moment sin who has been doing something on the check smoker my guess is setting it to rig with a bomb or something because clearly that is part of marco's game we don't know if they self-detonated most likely they did um but he comes back to the galley and he goes to get himself a drink and he's kind of surprised to see naomi there he doesn't say anything at first just grabs his drink and she says i'm sorry for hitting you uh, or she first she says do you need any help and he says do i need to get my helmet <laughs> she says i'm sorry for hitting you and he says oh i've been hit harder like basically i am not angry at all for you physically attacking me and then goes a step further when she says i had to do it and he's like yeah i, I can see it I know your reasons i know your reasonings and then when we get to the base emotion i mean you feel horrible for naomi and then you feel tragically terrible for sin because for someone's family to mean so much to you that you are willing to keep it together despite how uh unhealthy it is just the the idea of being to, even if you we don't function together in each other's personal space or ideas still being together is better than not being together and he still is holding on to that even at the end of the episode even after this huge scene where she is 
telling him that or he is telling her like you know do you remember the last time I spoke to you and I like the way they did it in this episode because it's almost like that unfinished conversation that you never got to have and it's this moment where Naomi almost commits suicide that changes the whole trajectory of every character on the Pella including herself and it does stem from this moment so of course when he gets her alone finally even away from Corral he is having you know he's stuck in that what happened before right it was more like I never got to have this conversation with you and now that everything is so raw and the wounds are exposed he can say the words of you know I watched what you did I didn't think anything would break you and then her saying you know because you loved me like a dad you know it's not your fault you didn't fail me at all she's still trying to make him feel better Corral didn't give a shit she was like I always was jealous of your ass <laughs> despite me feeling like you left us everyone else was mad and thus I'm mad because everyone else really wanted you there but my ass didn't want you there just saying because I thought she was too good for everybody but sin you you felt that fatherly he raised them he is the older of them Corral seems a little bit older as well I'm just if I'm thinking about the family dynamic the reason why I say that because Sin and Coral helped hide uh, Philip from Naomi in the book so they put it all on Sin in this episode but we're gonna we're just gonna assume that Coral was involved in that as well but we get her reasoning behind it it was yes I loved you like a sister but you were never the sister I actually liked and then you have this other you know parental relationship that was much closer or like a daughter maybe it's daughter sister older sister and then you have sin who was more of the the moralistic factor in her life the one that seemed to have raised her primarily significantly older even to the point where he can get up in in marco's face and a lot of people was like marco's gonna kill him and it and i think once again you have to understand that belter relationship that it's it's not going to crumble nearly as quickly as one would think and it is why marco reminds him like you're the one who taught me how to be this way like you it came from you and at this moment i'm sure when within the kids were not having a good relationship it was sin who decided probably with marco um encouraging him but basically probably encouraging marco that this is what's gonna this is what's gonna put her in her place this is gonna keep her aligned you two are having problems and he says it he's like if i would have known it would have ended there i would have helped you right and then she says it was not your fault and then he says i helped him i helped him hide philip from you i thought it would help you come back to me come back to us and then when he said that I was wrong oh and then he just mouths it because he can't even like I was so wrong like if I knew like it was bad and then it just got bad <laughs> but selfishly I did get to raise your child and that's why she responds with that was my son you didn't get like you raised me and then you took my son and you replaced him with me and you did it because you wanted all of us to be together 
like you weren't willing to sacrifice or choose at all any of us and your inability to do so only created a bigger problem where I almost walked out of an airlock and then the betrayal I mean can you imagine falling apart in front of someone every day searching for your son and they know where your son is and they're just letting you fall apart they're watching you drown that's just awful and why in the end why everybody was like sin's dead i'm sad i am sad he's dead because what is so broken about you that you need to have like there's a broken home feeling to it <laughs> it really is and it is based on that he, he loved her that much he was just not willing to allow their family the fracture except it did exactly what he thought it wouldn't and i think he even told himself it she'll eventually come back it'll eventually come around and then it didn't and then he probably watched Marco become who he came. And then he he leaned into that. He encouraged it. He stood by it. But I I think there's some part of him that justifies it in a lot of ways, but knows that he hurt her in a lot of ways as well. And that's what he regrets the most is that I could not fix it to the point where it could work for everybody. But man, Dominique's face, the way she just holds, grabs her, like she can't believe it. Like, I can't believe you did that to me. Like, and then her saying, I thought you loved me. Like, how could you love me and do this thing to me that is so horrible? And it was, in fact, in his mind, based on this love. And that's the same thing with Marco. That's why they all went to the same team at the end. It's almost like all of those things and then you got Marco who knows how to he knows how to spin it all. He know it, it came into a perfect combination with Marco. But yeah, it, it's um it's so hard to see her have to process that and then immediately take advantage of that because as much as she wants to be angry and oh there's a moment in the book too. <laughs> I won't say anything about that one. And she immediately says well then help me now fine you want to be guilty you that guilt does nothing for me unless you can help me right at this moment and you think that he is going to and then he goes to marco but in the same thing he doesn't do what because he's still not against marco <laughs> he's still trying to fix a problem that cannot be fixed he has to choose in her favor and he's unable to do so because he still loves marco that's the thing you want to say he acknowledges it's wrong but it's all it's like i refuse to choose between between this family and he says why don't you just let naomi go and he's like naomi wouldn't have been here in the fucking first place if it wasn't for um you guys sympathizing with her and bringing her ass here even though it was philip and then he says a very important line where he says why do you keep trying to hurt her and i think that marco was upset because sin saw exactly they called out part of what it is that marco is doing and instead of addressing it or denying it he says you taught me to be strong you raised me to be the person i am and now because oh naomi's back in the mix you stood by me while we did what we did and we raised this child together we love this child together we're proud of this child together and she's trying to take him 
so if you're going to side and you want her to be let go now i'm not letting her go she's not going to leave again that's the line i mostly came to is she's not going to leave again because in his mind i'm going to leave her he's leaving her like i'm going to make sure you have nothing and you don't have your james holden i don't have to think about you in the universe having a man or a man that has your love that is not me and you will now have nothing <laughs> and that is how i leave you instead of the other way around so fucking narcissistic but he gets sent back on board very quickly i mean he puts it back in it's more like how can you hate me for the man that i've become the man that you taught me to be and now i am living in that truth in which you taught me is the truth and you're wavering and you need to know that and just like that sin uh it sets up sin for him not having naomi's back in the end when marco finally has her brought to the brig by that same person i forgot his name in drummer's faction i wonder if he would be feeding information because just because they're on or they're exchanging crew doesn't mean you can't talk to your other crew so i'm wondering if he's like girl drummer do you know what happened yesterday because they don't hide they a uh, whole family drama for nobody they just be granted it's a ship and that's that's just i have a feeling that's their culture <laughs> they don't see the tendency like even philip doesn't shut his room door that's not who belters are you know they share everything and that also is why that that closeness that bond is in every betrayal and every hurtful thing that happens because you know that the closeness is so profound and so you had the moment of her going to the brig and then marco unveiling his plan guess what i'm well first i forgot the the philip he goes to his father and says look i want to do more i want to have command he wants to be his own man he wants to strike out uh with the support of his mother but not quite in the shadow of his father and his father says well i love this response <laughs> you want to do more be specific we all could do more be specific <laughs> but um man this was the backhand of marco there's no soft words here it's oh you want to lead that's funny the rossi that was on you your mother that was on you she tried to kill me that was on you if you want to lead then you're going to be like me you're going to be someone who can not lead with emotion can be like me and see they're chanting my name he even shows them as much because you know he got that shit on like on a <laughs> on loop in his bedroom i would love to see and i hope we get those in the next season more private moments of marco but that's just me and my own personal need for just a whole series on the character itself just as much as i want the whole backstory on um what happened on palace but he says you know you can you're my heir you can do shit when i'm done when i'm gone <laughs> such an ass like you don't get to stand in my light while i am in the limelight like we're, we're not sharing this however you have contributed and the people who need to know which is the people on this ship me they know that and so he brings them in on the con without them even knowing because he kind of speaks a little bit louder too at this point 
Uh, and he even takes that second of bringing, putting him all the way down to make him feel like shit, to make him think, yeah, your mom was right about me. And then he's like, oh, okay, let me build you. How do I now build you all the way back up? And he does by flattering him, telling him one day someone is going to be shouting your name, gets everyone on the ship, his family to shout his name, give him that glory, build him back up so that when his mother is presented to him and he says, I am going to use the Chetsmoka to kill or lure the Rossi here somehow and I'm going to kill your entire family. And oh, by the way, it was Philip's idea. And then it's an absolute lie because Philip wants the glory. He wants to make a name for himself. We heard him say as much. His parents are famous. Why would he not want to be? And his parent is being like, okay, I'm going to let you have this one. Like, this is my plan. I'm doing all the legwork, but I'm going to let you have it. All you have to do is reject your mother. <laughs> and she appeals to him because she knows, like, this is exactly what Marco wanted the entire time. But she didn't show up for Marco and to stop his plans, technically. She showed up to try to save the soul of her son. And she pleads to him. Marco's like, well, it's already done. She says, you don't speak for him. I love that every time she just gets really up and then he kind of backs off like oh okay so you want to hear from him fine you you and then he even looks at his son and you see where he's like not nah, this is your chance this is your moment and he falls for it just immediately falls for it smacks her we smell we felt that smack around the world we all parents around the world felt that smack like oh no he didn't he smacked his mama. They ain't never go like, and you know that shame that he's gonna feel later. Like he's gonna feel. Oh God! I mean, feeling as knowing how bad he's going to feel made this scene a little bit more palatable for me at least. I'm sure Mimi and Shy are gonna be raging in the feedback. But God, man, it was hard to see him be so easily manipulated back into his father's side, but also it made sense the whole entire like the it was the um the idea of the movie trope that he's gonna change his mind and everyone that loves naomi and shows her like how can people show you so much love and hurt you so badly that's what the inaros uh family drama is all about <laughs> and when i say inaros i mean the whole fucking faction from sanda corral to probably everyone else that we've seen on the ship it is a very dysfunctional love that comes with a great deal of emotional trauma to the heartstrings and he says now i know who you are you're just a wellwella an earth lover you tried to trick me and turn me against my whole another family which is ridiculous because she never actually said don't do anything marco's doing all she ever said was don't be like him and that's what she's trying to plead like don't be like him if you don't feel in your soul this is a good idea then stand in that truth like marco's gonna do what he is but can you at least see that this is wrong and he's just not there yet he's not there yet and it's so hard and especially when she turns to sin and you think at that moment after everything he confessed and did he turns his back he's like i can't do this but the thing of it is they he starts off with we agreed <laughs> i love how he started we agreed to honor your request we're gonna let you go we are gonna do like that's what philip has asked he said let her go sin asked let her go fine i'll let her you she's not gonna leave but i will let her go son of a bitch 
son of a bitch and I felt so bad for Naomi in this moment because I know in her her she just a part of her had to have died in that moment everyone she's known and loved has betrayed her and I mean people she's known lost longer than the Rossi that is her family she loves them but she also had another family and that entire family is toxic and the one part of that that she had a possibility even well actually a few that she could have and wanted to save and even if she disagrees with their decision like she didn't want them dead well marco is a whole different situation but she didn't want sin dead <laughs> she said you shouldn't have you shouldn't have followed me <laughs> but man it was horrible it was so horrible to see uh and then he has her escorted off the brig also he says the line to her which is you know nothing is all you'll ever be and that's all you'll be left with that's what he wants from her more than anything at this point they've gone past the love part he wants her reduced he wants to break her in the way he never got to break her and he thinks maybe if he breaks her he can put her back in his collection and maybe he will feel better about the world after that i don't know if he will feel complete or not i will be interested to see how he reacts i don't and i to make this very clear it's not a love story he does not love her in the the way in which we identify as love however he has a very fucked up interpretation of love and his love has turned into this need to possess and obsess over breaking her or leaving her with nothing because her leaving him left an impression whether he will ever acknowledge it or not it's so convoluted and then her saying like she's begging philip she goes from that woman and then she just immediately turns to him and she's like you i fucking hate you and she says once again i hate you it is that like that it's it's sad it's so sad like i i don't i'm not feeling sorry for marco he's doing this to himself but it's sad because somewhere in his mind he really doesn't get it and that's that's the really fucked up part because some people are in their essence a lie in their essence broken and nothing no matter what kind of love what kind of path maybe he would have shown they're never going to go any way but where they went there's another character that mimi and shy will get very familiar with and they explore that a lot in jonathan nolan's westworld but yes there is that thing of at your very core at your essence is a lie you are a lie even the, th- the truths you think you are telling are lies because you've you're so deluded in your own philosophy you cannot see but he also has this vainglory he need he has this need to make an impact to be impactful to the world that, that's another psychological um oppressionist type of thing when you are in a type of world that is so um so fluid with life and death with um and belter seemed to have that a lot as you know anyway this huge pride thing and so it's not hard to see how pride can go a little too further um and it can go to your head there's also this part i was discussing with a friend of mine offline is how bad was marco and how bad has marco become is this the worst marco has been because when you get more power things tend to inflate right 
It's like Marco might have been an ass in the past and taken her son, but now he has the power to actually destroy her life. And so he goes for that the minute he has the possibility of doing it. But if Marco had always been Marco, would he have ever made those types of plans to destroy the Rocinante? I'm not sure. I, it's just so much gray in there. And I love the fact that the camera and the show and the writers and the director want you to sit there and ponder that look that is on Keon slash Marco's face as Naomi is being dragged from the room saying, I fucking hate you because there is that hate inside of him too but there's al almost that parallel love even if it's not the love which we <laughs> look at as a, a healthy love and it, it's just and you see that it, the, the tragedy hitting him despite it him removed from it happening does that make any sense i know it probably doesn't but then we get the other scene with the music they had to put the fucking music on i of course knew naomi was not gonna kill herself a lot of people was like wait but thought she was gonna die <laughs> and that she really was about to kill herself so it worked perfectly the setup of it all where she's at the airlock book readers we already know what she's thinking i love they had the moment where sin goes to look for her and some people are like you're thinking oh maybe there's a plan nine no fucking plan sin goes to look for her because he sees that look and he wants to make sure that she's not going to do something crazy after this really terrible bad thing happened where her son was once again taken from her her and marco repeated history and it also reminds me of ty and daniel abraham i finally got their names right ty frantic and daniel abraham and how they're both they have a worldview like me like history always repeats itself in some manner some form no matter how many generations we can succeed at we always have a tendency to take steps backwards because that is just humans and you know generations change and when you have those very base human flaws I think there's an inevitability to the fact that we'll continue to do the same fucking shit and me being a history nut I I can't look at the 20,000 or however thousand years of civilization that's gone on and be here in 2021 going yeah we still fucking here <laughs> or we've went back there like the thought that we're actually contemplating banning birth control after we we made it a thing 60 something years ago come on there's the confederacy flag and a fucking hangman's noose in the capitol hill uh i think that definitely shows more than anything how much the past will never likes to let go or grip even when there's the promise especially i would say when there's the promise of a more unified future those divides are always going to try to rip us back and it's just a matter of are they going to win this round or are they not going to win this round and every time they don't lose the rounds <laughs> um what else her going to the airlock she's thinking about so much in this airlock one her trajectory <laughs> two she doesn't have a vac suit three uh she's watching the chest mocha be um disengaged from the Pella all of the crew have been you know put on board back on the Pella we hear that the the controls have been disabled so this definitely is just a lure probably has a bomb on it and she's just sitting at the airlock now another thing that was brought up valid point to bring up well why the fuck did he just put her in the room he never took away her need to be on the ship 
uh that's a big thing <laughs> so that there's an arrogance to to marco that will always be an arrogance to marco it's his flaw he cannot help himself and so him putting her back in her place making her feel the ultimate betrayal and then he had her removed because she would not remove herself not that i want to lock her up somewhere so that she can't interfere it's this thing is going down you can have free reign but you're you're we're gonna put you on the float because he doesn't want anyone to think of her as a threat like that's a big change from the books as well that i can say was that he would never lock naomi up because locking her up would admit that she's a threat to him and he would not acknowledge that she was ever a threat so to me it made more sense that yes he would continue to give her free roam of the ship because whatever you do i will always be one step ahead of you and i think there's a part of marco that's a little addicted to that chess game but that's just me and a whole other podcast that i don't want to go on another three hours about but there is something to be addicted to the things that you can't have um moving on to her going in the airlock and then send saying locate her he leaves and then philip turns around and he sees naomi at the airlock and he is immediately back to where that conversation on his bunk where his mom says life without you made me want to jump in the airlock and rather he said those terrible hurtful things in the moment because what he wanted was his from his father was more important than what he got from his mother I don't think he didn't believe her for one second or that her love for him is sincere he doesn't like what she represents and you can see when oh i forgot the moment where after he says you'll be left left with nothing he said that last bit like all really quietly i was like why you had to whisper and then she swung on him and i really was mad when she missed his face (laughs) i needed him to get her to get a hit in like come for his throat but him saying goodbye uh naomi and he didn't say oh dang oh yeah dang which is interesting a lot of people talk about the fact that he has a english accent where he doesn't talk belter creole and he does this in the book as well um what do i want to say about that (laughs) i would say that naomi's boyfriend is an earther i'll just leave it at that um what else did i want to get to this last scene with the swelling music he thinks he's going to kill or sin thinks she's going to kill herself so he jumps in and he says please don't do it i know well he starts with a i know that look on your face but because he never really knew her and he never actually got to know the person that she is now he misinterpreted that look from the one he knew before to the one that is now which comes with that simple sense of hopelessness but also that reserve and that's also where she showed back then when she walked out of that airlock like this could be it but i'm not going to let you break me and in that moment that's the exact like i am feeling at the precipice of being broken but fuck you marco you will not break me and she decides she about to take a spacewalk not a moonwalk motherfuckers a spacewalk and it's so horrible and i wish it was kind of like in the books and (laughs) i'll save that for philip but everything else was beautiful i know a lot of people who watch just straight up sci-fi like star trek let me tell you something right now everything those shows do is fake it's fake it's not real everything that the expanse does is a hundred well 99 percent based and with the problem molecules diff- different but hey it can bend physics so we ain't gotta buy by no fucking rules 
But for the most part, they keep things 99% accurate. Everything Naomi did at the end of this episode was 100% plausible, not crazy, and accurate, but also because of who she is. She is an engineer and she is a belter. Jim has a line in the book about how belters in space are like dancers. They glide. Like they they don't show it in the show as much because we don't have a lot of time to really because there's too much with the belt i mean you could spend 10 hours a season just getting to know the culture of belters so it does need to be sparsed out but they're highly efficient at what they do (laughs) and naomi herself is a very good uh this is her wheelhouse it's why she was able to go after um lucia last episode like everyone wouldn't have been able to do that like not that's not a trait that is just common she knows her shit that's what she was doing when she was looking she was calculating the trajectory in her brain while she was watching chess mocha she was putting that number doing the math all in her brain she was thinking about okay what if they come after me but she went to the airlock and she set it was set up so perfectly but she also had to contemplate so many things right if i do this and i allow myself because they're gonna think i'm dead I just left with a vac like i can't take a vac suit she could have went to somewhere and found a vac suit but if she found the vac suit marco would chase her and bring her back to the fucking ship so she knew she had to go without a vac suit so she went and got the oxygenated blood we saw that in episode two when they gave it to monica when she ran out of oxygen but she knew what she was about to do was also fucking brutal and that her son is going to think that she killed herself and it's directly a cause of his actions and she's going to put that on his soul and maybe that'll wake him up <laughs> but it's such a terrible thing and mon- terrible manipulation to where she was at when she was in his bedroom and thinking about talking to him and getting through to him and now she has to sacrifice all that and i do think though if they had i mean I'm not sure with her growing relationship with Philip. I think there's always the the chance of maybe she could not have been strong enough to walk away the second time, despite all the things that tell her she should walk away. If Marco maybe hadn't continued to threaten her family, could things have been different? Could she have continued this journey or, you know, would it have been harder for her to walk? Would it have been have easy? is kind of what i'm getting at she also preps for it so as sin is talking to her like she's taking a lot of breath she's getting her her body she's trying to drain it of oxygen though because i'm not going to talk about all the science on it because i don't know all the science (laughs) mainly for what um i read in the book but she has the reason why sin died really quickly because there's a lot of people that were really debating if sin was dead he died because he screamed out no and he let out all of the air or he um he inhaled so his he probably caused his entire capillaries around his lungs to burst and he instantly died that's why you saw him gasping he he killed himself uh and he killed himself because he said no he still didn't even in that moment understand what she was doing he saw that she had the pen no one else knows that she had the pen but he still was stuck in that moment of i need to help you but even so what you're doing i don't want you to do it and he tries to stop her and sacrifices his life to do so he also went in there thinking too like if you're going to kill yourself you're going to have to kill me with you 
so he did go in that airlock expecting to put his life in danger to save her it just was not the way in which he should have and he could have his entire life so there goes the end of his tragic tale but then poor philip comes to the airlock and he too sees his mother a lot of people keep saying well he's gonna tell the mom he did not see anything but guys he didn't see jack not only was sin blocking the door sin also put his hand out which um stopped the door from being closed uh it wasn't much philip was going to be able to do to <laughs> to close the airlock for him so he all he could saw all he could see was that moment of naomi going out into hard vacuum space and sin dying trying to stop her he just lost two of the most influential and the softest people he had in his entire life i'm not sure though how even because in the end marco might i think he might be more still intent because the rossi's coming and if there's one thing that he's gonna hate more it's gonna be the rossi and he might just turn all his anger that way and be like well this is fucking james holden's fault (laughs) or he could say words like well your mother chose the inners and that's why i'm kind of i'll say that for predictions but yeah it's horrible to see and then it turns into the most badass thing you've ever seen in your entire life as naomi trajectors her ass across time and space exposes herself to radiation because there's no protection from the sun uh they mention how your your the liquid in your body starts to uh vaporize so like you can see the bubble in her eyeballs um, you can see her her eyes starting to get blind because you can only survive in space without a vacuum suit. I think they said it was like a minute, 90 seconds. The people who know the science know it. It is a possible thing. It actually happened to someone in real life in NASA. Um, and she gets to, or she get well, she's almost about to black out because you only can do it 30 seconds before you just black out. So that's why she had the hyper hyper oxygenated blood. And she gave herself that little extra boost she needed to get those 15 seconds uh, further. Because this was about 45 seconds that she had to move between the ships uh, as it was pulling away. And this was a one, one-time shot deal. So she couldn't fuck this up. She's able to get to the airlock, get on board the ship. And you can even see the distance too once you start looking back from... And you have to keep in mind the Pella is still moving as they've left that ship to pretty much float there uh so as the pella continues to move away gets further and further from where she did jump so i think that may have confused people too like oh did she fly like far away no, yeah it, it was it had just disembarked so it wasn't too far away but it was far enough for a hard vacuum not to fuck you up and then you kind of see the effects of that when she finally gets into the airlock some people were so emotional they were screaming close the door i'm like it's closing <laughs> and uh you see her face completely swell up you start to see the bruising she she's not coming out of this with without some long-term damage for some time will she eventually recover yes but it's gonna take a minute it's gonna take a minute for her ass to recover i expect naomi in the next season if there isn't a huge time jump to be spending a great deal of it in the infirmary on Tycho. i have talked for two hours and 36 minutes and we still have to fucking do feedback so i will save any if any additional comments for that section so let's get on into it
Hey Christina, it's me Shy. I am here to discuss that ridiculously amazing episode of The Expanse. And I've had 24 hours to process, I've had 24 hours to think about it, um, to <laughs> let it sink in. And yeah, um, I, still amazing, still, but you, you, you know, if I had sent something in yesterday, it would have been a totally different person. I was knee deep in my feels yesterday after that episode. That, that thing had me floored. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even think straight. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, the whole nine yards. I, I think I, my emotions just ran the gamut. I was all over the place yesterday. So yeah, I definitely needed a moment to, uh, settle down and think about what I saw and just, yeah, before I can even think about sending some feedback. So I'm here to talk about episode seven, which I personally loved. So, um, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't want to hear about nobody else. I don't want to hear anybody else saying anything. I don't care. You can not like it. I don't care. I'm not talking about you, Christine. I'm talking about just people in general. But I loved it. And, you know, I mean, I, I, this is one of those episodes I could sit and watch over and over and not get tired. And the fact that Amos wasn't in it and I didn't even think about him until after the fact that's saying something because you know he's one of my favorite characters um but hey i didn't even like i said i didn't even miss him i didn't even think about him um this was a naomi episode and i was here for it all the way here for it i mean the actress dominique tepper is that how you say her last name she she did that thing she killed it i i mean she had me in my feelings i i I cried on three separate occasions during this episode because of her i mean she she killed this one and so she was total bad you know naomi was total badass a legend crazy as hell um i just loved her i mean she catapulted and i can now i understand i mean she was always one of my favorites but man no she's like the favorite uh, i mean there's naomi and everybody else um you know that's just how it is so yep this is naomi's world i just you know we all just live in it so like i said i was deep deep in my feelings yesterday i'm still everything even when i think about it now i'm getting hyped and you know just it was just it was that good i just oh my gosh um because again it focused on naomi we got to see her backstory um more hear about it than see it but we did get a couple of scenes a couple of flashback scenes which i loved which gave me some mixed feelings because i'm like damn her and marco had some they had some something they had some chemistry i mean i i actually enjoyed their scenes together those scenes i'm like okay um i know i'm i hate his guts but i i I love this i'm feeling this um those scenes those family scenes we got to see naomi with her long curly hair and oh it was yeah it was it was i loved it um but yeah like i said we mostly heard about what happened um i mean i would have liked to see a few more flashbacks but i mean i'm okay i I mean it just would have been nice but it was that what we got was fine as, as well um but yeah 
so we you know first we got Naomi and the Philip scene and then we got Naomi and Marco scene then we got Naomi and the sin scene then we got that final scene with all four of them before um, she gets dragged out of the cockpit is that what we call it whatever the thing is called um and so yeah it was yeah lots was a lot was revealed and um I loved every minute of it and I loved the fact that um Naomi uh (laughs) she had no she didn't have no shits to give um when she was talking to Marco I mean of course he's a he's an ass we all know that um narcissistic ass um you know and it pissed me off the things that he was saying to her because it's like whose fault is it that she did not have a relationship with her son you stole her son yes she could have sat there and let you continue to use her manipulate her and treat her like shit but she and she couldn't live like that and it's like and those were her options stay here be with your son and be treated like shit and be miserable in that regard or you know save yourself and you know psych you know mentally um save yourself and she talked about that like she she couldn't stay there especially after what um he had her do unknowingly do with the augustine gamara so yeah it 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 was a oh it was a gut-wrenching choice i mean it was a horrible choice to have to make um between self-preservation and you know staying with her child um but you know i i mean sometimes i wonder what kind of mother she would have been to philip if she did stay in that type of environment i mean i'm sure she still would have been loving but would that have saved philip her being there um i don't know maybe maybe not but i just feel like you know marco would have always manipulated her or you know through through the through the child and I, I yeah I mean I understand I mean I know it's in you know, people gonna be all over the place with their thoughts on that but yeah um as for yeah like I said you know that just pissed me off like you had you didn't have no idea who he is I'm like yeah that's you, there's a reason for that Marco there's a reason why she doesn't know but I loved her uh her come back to him talking about the pain of losing Philip uh, was less than the relief of, of of not having to stay with you i was like damn naomi <laughs> and then talking about how holden is a better man than him i was like she is not holding any punches with this dude she's just letting him have it like you know and what and what that's right he's a better man than you what you guys say about that so <laughs> and uh did y'all peep the the way he was looking at her before he left oh yeah homeboy still wants her yeah it was mm. oh the chem oh the chemistry it's like oh i shouldn't like this chemistry but i do damn you for making me like it (laughs) so there's that and um of course we got naomi and sin uh scene where we find out that sin assisted uh marco and keeping philip away from naomi which was messed up um but damn marco man he just had everybody marching to the beat of his drum wrapped around his finger doing his bidding and even and you know of course they all i mean marco and sin said it they really didn't think she would leave though um they really thought that she would fall in line with 
you know, what they were doing and what was happening. And Naomi's like, no. So they that shocked them that she ended up leaving. And, you know, they weren't expecting that. And I know that's part of uh, Marcos. Um, I'm not saying Marcos. Marcos's <laughs> bitterness and anger. I mean, he, you can still see it there. I mean, he still wants her and... It just grates on his nerve that he can't have her. That she wants nothing to do with her. Nothing to do with him, sorry. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> but, yeah, the scene with uh, Philip and Naomi, that had me knee-deep in my feelings. I was tearing up, you know, just listening to her tell him and her holding him and just just loving him and him oh you could just it's like in that moment you could see the little boy in him he really yearned for her he really and i wonder if what type of stories sin told him about her because I, I mean i hate to think that or maybe he was angry too at her leaving i don't know but i would hope that he would say some good things about him about her to him um but yeah that was such a sweet tender scene um Again, you can see the yearning and the, you know, the craving that he had for his mother. I mean, there's a part of him that's always wanted that. And so, obviously, you know, that's why, and Marco know that's why that he brought her to the ship. Um, anyway, so then we have the, the other amazing scene with Marco and Philip, which again, Marco being a, a dick, a complete ass um, to Philip and, um, you know, shoving it in his face about oh these people are here for me they're, they're chanting me you know your turn will come but right now it's about me it's not about you um when i'm gone you can do whatever you, you know you can have it but look who's chanting my name they're not chanting your name and besides that you're incompetent because you're supposed to do x y and z you did none of the above i'm like oh oh i want to punch him in the face <laughs> so bad and then the way philip was looking at him i'm like oh philip no oh dagger and it's like a direct contrast from that loving beautiful scene that he just had with his mother and he comes to his father and he's being berated and belittled ah it's just like oh anyway but here's my thing here's my crack theory though in regards to this you know right before that scene happened we see Philip coming in um, to the cockpit. I'm just called the cockpit, and he hesitates and he's looking at his dad. And then before he comes up there and then asks about him having his own ship and blah 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 and all that good stuff, I almost felt like he was testing Marco to see what he would say and see like the things that Naomi told him was true. Like he was testing that theory. And then whatever, you know, Mark, the things that Marco said confirmed something for him because it seemed like he had a plan in mind. Like he had, you know, it, yeah, he had a plan um, when he went up there because that was random. The, oh, yeah, I want my own shit, dad. I'm like, why? Would, yeah, I just felt like he was testing Marco in that moment. I don't know if Marco knew that or not. And I uh, also, and of course, this goes along my crack theory is because I'm like, where did Naomi get that in pen, that injecting thing? 
And I know I'm supposed to remember what that was because I think they had it in last season. But since I didn't rewatch last season and I don't have a refresher in my mind, I don't remember what it is. Um, but um, I'm like, how did she get that? Where did that come from? So I'm thinking it came from Philip. Like Philip is somehow she did get to Philip and there, that he helped her in some way. And maybe that's wishful thinking. The mom in me is wishing that to be the case. Um, that I'm wishing that Philip can be redeemable. You know, especially after that tender moment he shared with Naomi. But um, cause I'm, but but it's like, but how did he get it? And then his reaction. I'll, I'll talk about that later. But anyway, so yes, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and then we we got we got Holden and him uh, trying to find a Zamora Z- Zenora Zamora. I know I'm not saying that right. Probably uh, the proto uh, proto molecule. I, I don't know why I can't say that right. Um, proto molecule. Um, on the ship they're chasing that. Um, I love the exchange um, between him and Alex um because again we're everything's starting to come together love Bobby and her you know no questions asked found out that Naomi was kidnapped by Marco they're like yep done what you need from us you know we don't care it's dangerous whatever you know just plot the new course let's go we're on it and so I love that you know so she was the boss on that one um what else Yeah, the I mean the um the Holden stuff. Uh, I'll let you explain that a little bit more, uh, Christina, in your podcast, because um you know I'm I'm I have I, I know what they're trying to do, but there's just certain things that's happening that I'm not quite clear on, and I know I've gone on and on and on about Naomi, so I don't have much time to talk about it. So I'll just let you talk about it in your podcast. Um, I enjoy that as well. Um, getting, I'm like, damn it, Holden, if you don't read that stinking message, because they talked, he saw it in last episode, and he talked about it in this episode, I'm like, can you read it already, I want to know what the hell it says, so hopefully next episode, he will freaking read it, um, but he got, uh, distracted before, as soon as he started talking about it, something happened, and he had to leave, so I was like, damn it, what does it say? So, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll let you explain all that stuff, um, um, cause my focus is Naomi and all the amazingness that happened with that. Um, what else? What else? Um, yeah, I mean, so I guess I'll finally, I'll just talk about that, that last, those last scenes, you know, with her going to the cockpit and, uh, Marco, you know confronting her and you know treating her like shit again and then philip slapping his mother which i was like oh hell no oh hell to the no so (laughs) i was not here for that i was like okay all right i'm I'm trying to maintain my belief that he can be redeemed but that didn't help um and of course obviously so i'm like is he pulling or it seems like he's playing a role then i'm like maybe he's playing a role i am so sad that's sad am i am i (laughs) are you are y'all laughing at me right now because i'm just going down this rabbit hole of crack theory about this and i just can't let it go but i just gotta believe i gotta believe anyway um so yes um naomi oh when they were dragging her out of there and then raw emotion i cried that's another i cried again christina i cried again i just couldn't help it i cried again 
And then she went to the airlock. I was like, hold the fuck on. What are you doing, Naomi? What are you doing? I was sin. Like, what the hell? What, what's going on? What's going on? And then again, we see Philip, and he's just looking like he knows what's going on. I don't know. Why, why, why can't I let it go? Why can't I let it go? Um, so anyway, sin goes there. And they have that scene, and I'm like, she like, you shouldn't have followed me. I'm like, it, no, she, no. I was like, what is that in her hand? What is she doing? That, oh, no, no. And then she opened the thing. She took a breath and opened the thing, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, no. I died, Christina. I mean, I, 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 I was like, pause, comp, nope, uh-uh, nope. It didn't, hells to the no. I, they must not want me to watch this anymore because there ain't no way in hell they just killed Naomi. Um, and then, of course, I'm like, that was risky as fudge. Risky as fork. Because I'm like, what if something went wrong? Like, what if she dropped it? What if, oh my God, that was so risky what she did. Uh, but I guess, I mean, hey, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Um, but then again, Philip, his reaction I mean, it was one of like, you know, shock. But was he shocked because Sin ended up getting, you know, caught up in it? Because he wasn't, you know, because Sin's reaction would have been more of what I would have thought Phillips would have been as well. But he was just staring, like staring, like, oh my God, you know. So, I don't know, was he like fearful, like, please make it, please make it? I don't know. But that's what I got. I'm I'm, I'm all in with this until y'all smack me back to reality or something like that. Um, So, yeah. But yes love this episode um one of those episodes i will watch again and again um had me knee deep in the feelings uh gave me everything love the little the action scene with the um with the rossi and the zamara thing there's zamara i know i'm saying it wrong so i love that um so we got that it was just again just one of those needed episodes for me especially if you're a Naomi fan it's just it just warmed the heart um and I and of course I feel like it and and of course I don't know what like what is Marco planning I know he's planning something besides drawing what he said I I mean that's obvious but there's something else he's doing something else uh so I don't know um anyway uh of course obviously with Naomi doing what she did that changes things uh, and that's not something he wasn't expecting so I feel like his plan is going to start to unravel now. Anyway, I, oh, I've gone on long, 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 long. Anyway, I got to go. Until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch. Shy. That is Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. A lot of feelings. A lot of feelings. Let's see what I can talk about. <laughs> the fact i did not say that either but keon alexander dominic tipper josiah i think his last name is owens brent sexton all of the actors in this episode i mean every actor on the pella was murdering it i mean walking off with all the damn emmys like oh y'all thought y'all was in and i kind of like the fact that we didn't see amos we didn't see avasarala those fanboy type of characters and it's not and I that sounds so derogatory when I say it like that it's more like they don't have some of the well Amos does 
I won't say that. But males and females, he's kind of made for both crowds. He's got the manly, manly side of him that he's kind of down with. But he's also, oh my God, he was sexually molested. And, you know, we can save him. And he also looks hot. Because I keep maintaining and I still will say it. I wonder how much of a fan people would be of Amos if he looked like he did in the book. And that's just a testament to Wes Chatham and I love his acting and I believe he should get all of the praise. I want Amos is a great person. I hate when people think because I don't praise Amos all the time. That must mean you don't like Amos. You got problems here. No, I love Amos character. He is one of my favorite characters. I just don't expound more on what everyone already has to say about him. It is rather universal. It's not as complex as people make it out to be complex. Like I get where he's coming from, but it doesn't have all the juicy drama <laughs> and the the great backstory in which Naomi's story always presented itself. In kind of the same way Bobby handles her situation in the book once, you know, we've seen some of it. I think it also sucks that Bobby is with cast and fire the season because a his haircut is awful b his acting seemed to have downgraded or maybe i'm just being biased and c i don't really want to see cast and bar so i get these really great bobby moments and i'm kind of taken out of them because well they're both just stuck on the razorback and that's what they've done all season i know some people are like well i want them to do more i get that but you guys also and i will just say that and I try to comment it for non-book readers. They are following a book. They are following a book very much in tie with the book. That means some characters aren't doing things. Christian is not doing... Like, that's why Christian has to be given a storyline and why sometimes, though, it's not given that much storyline. Because we don't need that much Christian. <laughs> some of these favorite characters don't really have arcs that warrant as much screen time as people would prefer them to have or sometimes that they actually get in the show i'm glad the show is expounding on amos's arc i think that's great i'm glad they actually did a lot more with christian because everything lines up with exactly the person that i meet in the book that i already love but i'm also seeing the flaws of that person with the part that i love that person and they balanced it out well in the book they do it better in the show but most people are fanboys or standboys stand girls whatever you want to call them they don't look at multi-dimensionals on a character some people they just don't give a fuck i just like when i see her and that's what i want to happen and she's always right so everyone should listen to her but she's not always right and that's the part where i'm like if you really love her character you also need to acknowledge that part about her character in the way same way i had to be like okay yeah name it me i know all the reasons why you ain't fucking telling holden or why you went off to do your thing all by yourself but it's not to say that yes backup would have been great telling holden also may have helped you not almost pass out and die and looking like a whole ass hot ass mess by the time he did get to your ass so there's things that you must acknowledge about your characters good and bad and that's where sometimes i run into personally issues in the fandom <laughs> on the rare times i go into there and that that first complaint i saw on about four reddit posts before it was very clear in that tag it was not happening that night <laughs> they kept saying it like this is disappointing i'm so tired of the narcos bullshit and every comment that said it they didn't even down it they just bypass your comment as if you did not exist you were insignificant 
and i'm sure it's because most of the book readers were swapping in there like nah motherfucker nemesis game i've said this before is naomi's book there's no debate on whose book it is there are people who have their moments this is naomi's moment for people who love that character we've stepped back we've allowed y'all to love all and hey and we've had Naomi be changed in a lot of ways that wasn't even the book carry. Like some of the terrible decisions, they gave half of that shit to Naomi. And if y'all was really following the book, then one, y'all would hate Fred or James a lot more. Uh, actually, no, you would love James. Uh, you, would, you would have a, a different, like, because he was online around book two. But that's a whole other situation. <laughs> you have but that's the thing about all these characters you're they're all up and down they all go through certain transitions people are just judged harsher for certain things than other people and yes race is a factor in that that's just everyone is watching the shows for different reasons and they're liking characters for different reasons and naomi is a character that i don't think gets as much hate as some people say she gets hate like i don't i'm not around where she's just prolifically like people are saying bad shit about her like no and then if you're a book reader no one's ever saying anything bad about her she is the most badass character it's just facts and her arc starts in this book it starts in this moment it starts when she jumps out of that fucking airlock after everything but mainly mainly when she first gets to the pella like her new story it's like that thing in your past you keep running from you keep running from and now you've become a new person and you have to reconcile it's not something you can technically run from as you see because that shit chased her it chased her big time (laughs) um and then she has to be that person of strength that she was hiding for so long and then show that but it's always there she just makes it like i don't know it, it just wonderful if you want to read that book but yes i think that i really did want to see what was happening with avasarala mainly this week because i was kind of wanting to know what's going on on earth but i did not think about it at all in this episode the minute it started playing i was a hundred percent invested and you needed to give those actors and the characters that room to give the performances that every other person does tend to be able to peg down like christian and amos in a much shorter time frame because it's more dynamic everything with naomi's storyline is so complex it's layers upon layers and when you have characters unfortunately that don't have that many layers and i know people with amos are like what are you talking not what you dissect about him in in uh <laughs> in some meta posts i mean you get across what Amos is going through or the things about him in very conversational ways in which you can easily connect with. Naomi is not an easy person to connect with, especially if you aren't one and come from an oppressionist class of people (laughs) or black have gone through an abusive situation. There's so many things on top of her being wanting to be a good person being in a lot of ways the smartest person in a room some people still can't really accept the female being that they'll accept that christian's right but christian gets to be right only because she doesn't have a male to counterpart her and (laughs) 
I think if there was any a male that was like Christian, Christian wouldn't be the favorite. It would be the male character. The Vance writers are smart enough to subvert those expectations and say, no, the women in this show rule this show. They are the smartest species. And we're going to show you in the future that they're going to continue being the smartest fucking species in the universe, whether you, your cock wants to accept that or not. <laughs> I don't know why I got all into my uh, spiel on that, but I really felt some kind of way when I saw those two comments because people really be trying it, but they also came to the wrong fandom. Now, I'm not saying there aren't parts somewhere out there where things are a little bit more um, contentious but I don't see it anywhere. I just don't. There's a few people, random strays, but you're almost not welcome. <laughs> people are really like, you're either ignored, we're gonna see you either, like we're just not gonna give in to that type of baiting. And I'm sure they're gonna find a friend or two, but y'all gonna be somewhere on the island, somewhere else, because Naomi in the Expanse fandom, the general, most of the Expanse fandom is a fucking queen. I also say, uh, also bring up the fact that her hair that's her book hair that is the hair she has all throughout the book she does not have short hair whatsoever she has very long very curly very bushy hair and when i saw it i squealed really hard <laughs> because i'm hoping by the end of the the series in itself she does come back with that book hair it's just it's a part of her personality in the book and that might be why they're keeping it out of the show um and they show it in different aspects but it is just it's a character in itself and I do love her with the long hair it's just she looks like Naomi and it's not to say she doesn't I love Dominic Tipper I love what she does with her hair I think that she gets a lot of shit because she likes short hairstyles but y'all can fuck off for that um a lot of people just ain't associating with that with beauty versus the long hair and I can go all into that uh especially as a black woman and how that can really hurt so I respect the hell out of the fact that Dominic Tipper keeps her hair short in the way in which she likes it but I will say for a in a book perspective I would love to see her with the long hair and I'm glad even if it's just this moment we get it in the flashback of her in the long hair that just really really hit home for me you called it a cockpit and I laughed very loud <laughs> you said, is that the cockpit you've been watching all of the other space movies um he's in the war room he even says this is our war room uh then you have um where she was getting space that was the that was the airlock that's where she went out of then you said what else um oh you were talking about the chemistry i already went into that girl i already there's a whole conversation about that so i i have put it all into words ad nauseum why and don't feel bad anyone should not feel bad they made that fucking backstory and they know they work in it in every damn angle the both of them um and he did i mean for all that she was definitely giving putting knives in him that's why he had to put some not he had to write to redirect that shit right back to her heart <laughs> um that's another part i think he, you speak about marco and why can't they turn against him they don't that's the problem they don't see anything wrong with marco's actions violence is is very common among, amongst the belt particularly amongst the belter poor uh rock hoppers as they call them um 
these are people that didn't have clothes that were on the street that did not eat they were abandoned so they say they were orphans so yeah if you didn't have parents for the time they probably was four or five no one like there was no there's no um child protective services in the belt there's no um social services there's there's none of that these kids their parents die and they're left to be taken in by whatever people take them in and that is how most of the families are formed in the belt is the children being taken over by the people who survived that generation can so you can imagine what it was like growing up in that type of environment and why that closeness why it's so acidic but because it you can never really escape that closeness that you have with them despite you hating it and that's where all that chemistry comes from uh but as far as like sin and corral and even everyone on the ship no one sees his plan as evil most people are like i can get behind this as my friend melissa told me um when we were talking about the expanse today if i was a fourth generation belter i would totally see what's in it for me to get behind marco naros like his methodology is wrong it's the problem not the cause and that's why naomi hates it because he hijacked the cause the real righteous anger the real righteous um way in which the belters keep talking about the inners and their oppression all of that is factual she can't what what the difference is she doesn't think we should kill to achieve our goal he says we should now they've been trying not to be murderers for how many centuries so yeah if marco shows up and he not only proposes the idea but accomplishes it and then he's able to protect me in the end rather it be by fear or a simulation yeah no so it's not so easy because it's not so it's not why couldn't you stay because you didn't it wasn't you didn't love us it was you could not deal with this thing called killing inners you weren't down to be radical where we're all down to be rather radical and we thought you were one of us but she's not one of us because she she didn't allow herself to go that far and as far as philip he's only been ever told the stories that anyone would talk with him about but i don't think anyone did i honestly and if i'm thinking about the situation it makes 10 times more sense to me that her name barely came up than they talked about her frequently like they don't even talk about the like he doesn't say oh they told me about when you were back in together and this other than she wrote the code like they probably just told her the basics him the basic story of your mom did the augustine gamora she killed a whole bunch of belters she did what was strong and then she turned out to be weak because she regretted it the same story he told drummer like i loved her i cared about her i wanted her to come back it was just one thing she couldn't be a fighter and we're all fighters so if you're not going to be a fighter it's not so much that you need to fight but you don't need to leave but she didn't they don't get that that's one and the same for her she cannot stay and watch the fight even happen or even be associated with that fight she already has that blood that 516 people on her hands and she takes responsibility for that even though he did what he did she still feels as if she's culpable because it is her code it was the tool in which he used and she made it with not the purest of intentions so she also has this 
guilt of walking away gave the monster free reign she knew what the possibility was for her son but she had to walk away in the hopes of one day saving her soul and then being able to save him once she saved herself like someone else told me i believe uh i believe it was jaylee that you have to put the the mask on yourself before you can help someone else and i think that's the situation naomi found herself in but no one understood that as a uh, seeing her as that person they just didn't think that your ideology would be enough to separate your family because the family is everything to the belt and then about the syringe <laughs> you talking about phillips in on the plan phillips not in on the plan this was what many book readers were actually worried about because it did seem as if the things are going to shift and <laughs> philip may change his mind because in the book it was not philip that got her to palace station it was all marco so that that was a little worrisome sin was turning a lot of them were were being much more nicer to her even in the book <laughs> they were not even kind there philip was a harder pill to swallow in the book um so i think they just cho chose to make it even more emotional impactful and to give philip a little bit more layers and they definitely fleshed him out they just they did and that's what ty and abraham or daniel do each time that they they do these shows they take everything you did know and then they make a companion to it and then they enrich it in such small detail ways and just by having it be philip and not marco have it show philip actually be genuinely interested in his mother he didn't show that enough for me in the books to understand why he just wouldn't act a certain way um he even says merida you're you're merida to me or something to the fact like you're dead to me so that character just didn't work with this woman and it started off that way and then it kind of started moving in the other way and i i like the way they played it they just wanted to play with the audience's common expectations of the redemption arc because everyone must be redeemed especially if we fully understand that they are a victim too and yet the tragedy of it all is that he can't the tragedy of it all she was able to get away from the abuse or the need the fascination the thrall that marco pulls over people the thrall she was in she was able to whirl her way out of that but it was only really when her son got taken away from her um and well when she's decided to leave quite frankly actually when he when he killed a lot of people that's when she said i gotta go i can't okay like you was talking a whole bunch of shit but now you doing shit and i can't have that um but yeah she took actually that oxygenated which i did explain in the podcast from the med medical bag you saw it hanging up the one she was standing next to so he didn't give it to her the pen she took it out of that and it was introduced in the second episode when holden gave it to monica i know that wishful thinking you want him to be saved because you can't believe that the villain won but that and like i said that's what makes it so great um <laughs> such a, a, a palpable storyline because you know he's a victim but she also knows she just can't save him it, she's right back where she started and it, it's such poetry because then she's also right back to that moment where she's at that airlock except i can't i will she says i will do anything for him because i love him 
that sentiment is exactly how she feels about the people on the Rossi. And then she proves that point that no, I put my money where my mouth is and fucking jumps out of a goddamn airlock, making a one in a chance leap to get to this other ship so that she can stop and sabotage um Marco from destroying the only family in a lot of ways she feels she has left. So, uh, if you're thinking about what will happen, like Marco will know, is this going to change his plans? I, I'm not going to say it's a spoiler because I think I've, I've made it clear in my post that Philip did not see his mother's actions. Like it's impossible for him. He can only see so far and he can't go out the fucking airlock. (laughs) His view is very obstructed on the act the things that played out he saw his mother go out of airlock and he saw sin die trying to save her that's the extent of things that he happened and they're gonna think she's dead of course they're gonna think she's dead and that's what she planned for she wanted them to think that they were that she was dead that she killed herself um so i think it will be interesting i think that marco since he's not mr feely will probably be in a rage and i guess i'll give my prediction right now and i guess it's minor book spoilers but i said i was gonna save it for the book thing but i don't think it's ruining anything but yeah there was a much bigger reaction from philip in the book uh he didn't just stand there he was he was and i thought they were gonna do it because <laughs> then that would have killed me it would have i think in that moment i'm i'm actually finally grateful they did not do something that was in a, a direct adaptation because it would have murdered my soul to see him react to the fact that his mother killed himself and he knows in his soul at least from where he left it that him choosing to kill her family and reject her and slapping her and calling her all those names like can you imagine the last thing you ever said to your parents and you didn't really mean it and then they're dead yeah that's a lot but i also think they did it to allow naomi her scene and to allow Josiah the actor and philip to have his moment to to have that out and hey maybe him and marco might get into some blows because i have a feeling marco might say something crazy like well she fucking made the decision to be with her inners and now that's why she died i don't know i don't even know if that's what he would say i think he's gonna be very very intent on still making sure the plan goes off but he also has other things going on he did hear just from medina station so there's not as if there aren't things unfolding around him I think that this moment is going to be a private one between father and son. I think that there's going to be words. It's going to be explosive and it's going to be a moment. I think it's going to take some time to sink in and they're going to really give it to us. They just didn't give it to us all at once. And I'm rather glad for that because it, it does set up a nice tension on we know philip did genuinely somewhere care about his mother and then knowing that story and then seeing where it ended and then seeing his father treat her the way that he did and he's going to feel something about that it's going to cause a divide but it's not gonna that's things about um a wall coming down you just can't hit the wall and just all falls down at once you gotta make some some chisels into there and she made some chisels and i think this one was a big old like a like a wrecking ball now the whole wall ain't came down but you got a big old gap and fucking a hole in it and that gapping hole is either going to keep bigging getting bigger and spreading and the walls are going to come down or he's just left with a gapping hole in his heart for the rest of his damn life 
and seeing what happens next i think will will let us know about that but i'm gonna let you know right now no one's gonna know what she did now or could they find out what she did depending on whatever she does next i don't know what she does like she looks pretty fucked up so with that and in the the spirit of not trying to spoil anything <laughs> i'm gonna move on to queen mimi what up stina it's mimi um this is my feedback for um the expanse i actually wrote down the episode number this time so i know that we're on season five episode seven so boom um i know i haven't sent in feedback for um the good place and i noticed you have not posted that yet so i'm gonna try and get that in but i watched um the expanse um and i need to talk about it because it was so 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 good like i loved every second of it this season is awesome i can't even i can't even i need to get my thoughts together so that i can talk about this but i can't even i don't even know where to start um i'll look i wrote i jotted some notes down because i i know for this show it's it's gonna mean i'm gonna go over like so you just gotta be prepared for that but i didn't want to miss anything because i as i'm listening I'll hear you or Shy say something, and I'm like, dang, I forgot about that. I wanted to say something about that, too. So, um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is because offline, I told you guys I had forgot to mention the um, message that Naomi left. And I completely forgot that there is a delay. I'm thinking this is like <laughs> the 28th century. So, ain't no such thing as a time delay, but they are in space, and it does have to travel, so... <laughs> I'd be forgetting about that and knowing Naomi she probably put it on a delay that like you know a certain amount of time that if she didn't come back um you know it would send out because if she if she came back to her ship she would have been able to delete it or stop it from sending out so it, it probably was and I and I'm pretty sure Holden confirmed that it was from Naomi it sounded like he listened to it already they didn't really give us what she talked about um maybe we'll get that next episode but they do um they, but he did get it and he said it was from Naomi so I'm assuming he had to have listened to it um I think I'm trying to think make sure there's not anything that I wanted to backtrack on um okay so I guess we could start with the recap um first I want to say I was expecting a flashback to have some actual dialogue and granted they were a cute ass family uh Naomi and Marco with baby Philip and Naomi's hair was long and I loved it the curly sue um I thought her hair looked really cute long and if that like clearly it was either a sew-in or a wig but whoever did it did it really well because sometimes I be these shows when it's a black woman um and it's they be doing their hair in a wig it looks awful 95 percent of the time um even if the color's nice it's placed on wrong and you can see you can see the edges lift and it's like come on now uh, y'all if y'all gonna do this to her hair and not have her wear her natural hair or however she you know braids or something can y'all get a black stylist because clearly this white lady don't know how to put a wig on a black person or I guess a white man whoever it was but most of the time you could tell 
that the wig was put on by somebody who was not black and it'd it be looking trashy and it to me like I know it shouldn't but it always makes like takes my focus and it takes away from the scene no matter how well it's acted I used to I never really had that issue with um, Michonne because I already knew that uh, Denai's hair was very very short and she had the locks but then she had like the thing like it, it looked like a head wrap almost over it so you never got to see the edges um, so it never really bothered me um, but you know I know with um, Titans everybody's wig in that show was awful so I it didn't bother me that Starfire's wig was bad I actually love the color it was just when you looked up close you can see that it was not her hair and that used to bother me but I digress back to the expanse um I just was expecting some actual words or you know some type of dialogue so we could see their relationship but it might be a, like they didn't want us to get too much because I feel like the scenes we saw them in in present time was pretty telling about their relationship um for the first thing I want to talk about because this is the first scene that I wrote down and I it just immediately let me know like yeah Marco is fine as hell but he is a dick and I'm not gonna like him I may not disagree with some of the choices he makes or what he's fighting for but I don't like him as a person and I could tell when he uh when Philip says he said um, I want you to be proud of me the way that Marco said um, I know instead of I am proud of you like most parents would say like I can't even imagine Derek saying I want you to be proud of me and my reaction is I know that's what you want or something to that effect the loving parent response would have been like I am proud of you you make me proud every day I am proud to be your dad but this dick just brushes off what his son says and he's looking at him like yeah well you should want to be you should want me to be proud of you you haven't done it yet you're pretty trash like that just this facial expression said everything I needed to know about him like I felt so bad for the baby I know he's not a baby, but I can't help but think of him as Naomi's baby because that was the last time she saw him and that's probably the image she has in her mind. But this man grown as hell, like super grown, bigger than her. Um just ugh I don't I don't even know. Like that whole their whole interaction, Marco and Philip, when they were in like the end scene when he was like I'm the one everyone's talking about. They're saying Marco. No one's saying Philip. Like, who talks to their child like that? Like, you cannot tell. Like, I, I hate saying, like, you don't love your kid because, you know, to, to him, maybe that's how he, maybe that's how he shows love. I just, it's not, it's not a good love. It's a toxic love. Not all relationships are good and not all love is good and his dad is freaking poison like I feel like Philip is more Naomi but he doesn't want to be and I think that's 
what's probably tearing him up inside because he doesn't want to be he wants to be like his dad he wants to help the belters he wants to be um you know this rebel leader like he was raised to be because whether Naomi wants to admit it or not you had him for a year but uh, well according to Christina um Philip is 16 Marco had him for 15 years so clearly he's gonna have more of a hold on him he's known his dad longer he's been in his shadow he's been being groomed by his father so of course he's gonna be a daddy's boy even though that scene um when he was with Naomi and she was she hugged him as he cried like that was pretty um that was a pretty like really well acted scene and he totally looked like a mama's boy but I could tell I feel like that was the the moment that broke him like I can't be around her because she is turning me into someone I don't want to be someone I'm fighting so hard to get away from um but I will say you know when he slapped Naomi <laughs> I about lost my religion and I I understand she was probably shocked but somebody would have caught hands like maybe her reaction was so shocked like she couldn't so she like turned her rage on Marco because like this son, my son just slapped me bitch and it's your fault but I'm sorry I I would be like boy I understand you trying to make a point but hit me again we gonna fight matter of fact I'd have punched him like just off jump like just so you know don't do that shit again to nobody not a not a woman like don't you're you're like he has like eight inches on her and however many pounds he just slapped the shit out of her that's your mama that she was just hugged up crying on not too long ago and now you want to slap her because you're trying to be tough in front of your raggedy ass daddy like don't 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 do that to me i i don't want to beat your ass in front of your whole crew but don't be like that i feel like that was how naomi came to the conclusion that she did like i gotta get off this ship <laughs> i gotta do what i had to do um let me see i'm gonna look at my notes before i because I, I have more to say about naomi so the other um just like piggybacking on what i said about when they were in the room crying um when it was naomi and philip that scene kind of ripped my heart out like i was pretty emotional and tears are running down my face like i'm not gonna lie like that scene was really really good and i i know you said that at the beginning the actress that plays naomi wasn't like she, she had moments when she wasn't a good actress I don't know that maybe my like I have very minimal standards when it comes to shows like if someone's acting is god awful even still I can still watch a show just to see you know if I enjoy it if the acting is so bad that it's embarrassing me then I'll stop but it takes like I notice like people that act phenomenally those are the people that like gen generally that like I'll see them in, in in pretty much anything but if someone is not too great of an actress or actor it doesn't bother me too much so I don't think I noticed um in the beginning seasons how Naomi the actress that plays Naomi 
if she wasn't or was a good actress but i will say season four in this season she acted her ass off and can't nobody they can fight me on that like let's go because you are not gonna tell me that see to me like i'm an emotional person but it takes a certain type of scene to get me if you ever watch this is us those motherfuckers get my ass all the time i always cry but i would say in this show i i I, I think it might have happened before, but I don't think it's happened very, very often. But that scene, like, got me. And then, like, the show wasn't done with me. Then they had Naomi with Sin when they were in the break room 